All right, y'all ready? A big show today. Raw masculinity on tap. Why do I say that? Uh, from Polyface Farms, Joel Salatin out there doing his thing. We brought him in from the from the uh, farm temporarily to be with us on the first hour of the show, which is going to be great, great, great. I'm so excited to have him back on. Ty Bollinger going to join us in hour two. We've got a lot to cover in the news. And if you want to know what we're covering, come on over to robertscatbell.com and the slash listen or the listen link. You can watch us there or well, and or you can uh, chime in on the live chat room, which we'd love to hear from you. So let's get this uh, healing and nutritional party started right about now. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty. The Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, complexion check, complexion check. Uh, am I looking a little bit more orange than usual today? Uh, no, I'm not trying to look like the orange man. I, I've i just harvested like 40 pounds of uh, carrots from the garden. We wintered the garden, and it was under the snow. I'd have to get a pickaxe to get a carrot out during the winter. And I did occasionally, but it was like, okay, thaw it out. Let's get them all. I was like, I couldn't believe how many there were. And so we've been juicing a lot and drinking a lot. And uh, I'm having that uh, carrot juice buzz, I think, today. We'll talk uh, diet, nutrition, farming, et cetera. And there was, I think I lost about 5% of the carrots. Not bad. That's my estimate of the 40 pounds that kind of went mushy for some reason. Maybe it thawed. and came, I don't know what happened. I'm not as uh, uh, expertised in farming because I was born a city slicker and I had to learn this growing your own food thing over the last, I don't know, more 10 years or so. And I'm getting better at it. And I think that the the key is, and, and Joel Salatin will be joining us in a few minutes, so maybe he can give us some insight into that. But I think one of the keys is the terrain, the environment, milieu, or in this case, the dirt, the soil. Uh, for those that say, I don't have a green thumb, I can't grow anything, everything I grow dies. I'm thinking, have you checked the quality of your soil? And and is there water? Okay, a little couple of things there. Uh, and maybe then you could have that proverbial green thumb too. The soil is everything. I think it's a big part of this. And how do you regenerate the soil? That's another thing we can get into. Now, the first story up in the show notes at robertscoutbell.com today it happens to be apparently National Nutrition Month because all 11 months other than that out of the year, it's National uh, Don't Take Anything Nutritional Month. It's Take Drugs Month. <laughs> you know, they give us one month for nutrition. But who sponsors it? Well, apparently multinational food manufacturers that don't produce food, big chemical, big agribusiness, big pharma. The Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics is celebrating the 50th anniversary of National Nutritional Month, but uh, the message of uh, uh, good nutrition is sadly missing. Nothing about the displacement of nutrients via chemical farming. The displacement of not only in the soil, but in you. If any in the soil, it ain't in the plant, it ain't in the, in the animal, it ain't in you. And that's a big part of our manifesting what we call disease, disease or symptoms that, well, they like to say it's a drug or vaccine deficiency. In reality, it's a deficiency of minerals in many cases. You know, I pointed out this many times over the last two and a half, three years with COVID, almost every symptom of COVID manifests identically to severe copper deficiency. And where are you getting copper? Anybody out there eating liver anymore? Grandma, grandpa, maybe. And even that 
when you measure the content of minerals in the soils, things like copper have been reduced almost by 80%. So even you think you're eating a copper, oh, let's say when I talk about selenium, I'm like, how important is selenium to protect you from cancer and so many other metabolic diseases, liver function, all of that. Selenium, you're like, well, I just eat some Brazil nuts. I'm like, have you measured selenium content in Brazil nuts compared to 70 years ago? It's not the same. It's not anything or anywhere near what I'd call therapeutic need level. I'm not into synthetic chemistry. Uh, I know it's kind of cool, all the stuff you can make out of oil, but man, our love affair with that has created disastrous uh, manifestations of real disease like cancer, the big C, so to speak. Ty Bollinger has covered that many, many times over the years in the docuseries from the truth about cancer on over. And we have a, a re-release of one of those docuseries we'll talk about with Ty today later in the show. But uh, no warning about the health risks of ultra-processed foods that increase cardiovascular disease, diabetes, weight gain, obesity, dementia, and all-cause mortality. For those who dared to talk about minerals over the last few years and vulnerability to something called COVID or even COVID jab adverse events, we're shouted down like we're the greatest enemy you know, that, that ever was. You know, the, who are the domestic terrorists? It's the people who can cure cancer with no chemo, radiation, or surgery. And I'll remind you of how long it supposedly took um, uh, the American intelligence and army, whatever, community, to find Osama bin Laden. Almost 10 years. Osama bin Laden, the dangerous terrorist on the planet, number one, took him 10 years. If you hang your shingle in America even today and say, hey, look, I got cures for cancer, including selenium. And, uh, ooh, apricot seeds, kernels. They will find you in 20. In fact, they'll go back in a time machine and find you yesterday before you do it like a pre-crime, which tells you all you need to know about who they believe the real danger is. Those who can actually promote health and healing. And one of the most dangerous people in America has to be Joel Salatin because he knows that the food is our medicine. The medicine is our food like Hippocrates had said so many years ago. So let's uh, not belabor this. I want to dive right into the wisdom of Joel Salatin, what he's discovered in his lifetime and how he's doing such great work. Inspires me, even though I don't have him on as often as I would. Not that he's not busy, but it's been too long. Joel Salatin, welcome back from Polyface Farms to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Joel. Thank you. It's a delight to be with you again. Always great. Dude, I, I'm so waiting for, let's kind of counteract the nonsense coming out of the National Nutritional Month sponsorship. You know, it's probably PepsiCo and Coca-Cola going, yep, we're all in on what we can provide to you. Uh, refined sugar, not a problem. It's all about fat. Stay away from fat. Yeah. Yeah. You know, all that stuff, um, all those outfits were all part of the fraternity that uh, that promoted, you know, margarine over butter and uh you know, hydrogenated vegetable oil over lard g gave us the gave us the food pyramid in 1979. They put, uh, you know, Cheerios and Kellogg's cornflakes on the bottom of, on the foundation of the food pyramid in 1979. I mean, yeah. this is this is all the fraternity that uh, you know that worked on that on yeah, that do narrative. You, do you take donations of margarine to put in your tractors to keep them running? Because that's about the only thing that's good for. <laughs> no, we tend to use diesel fuel, but uh, yeah, you're you're exactly right. A, a lot of those uh, those those uh, oils 
were developed actually for fuel, for diesel, you know, canola oh, oil and things right. like that. Uh, they were developed for, for uh, you know, for engines uh, and not for our consumption. But, you know, you got to realize that these these outfits that are sponsoring National Tutri Nutrition Month are the ones that told us, um, you know, that that fed us this narrative about uh, margin over butter and, and, and um, you know, uh, you know, cornflakes over over eggs and um yeah ve you know ve vegetable oil over lard you know that that right. was the narrative that was the narrative and it's you know it's still the narrative i mean it's per it's perfectly safe to drink uh drink you give your kid you know uh three three cans of uh, of coca-cola a day but boy one teaspoon of raw milk oh, yeah. you know then you're suddenly a you know we better take better take your child away from you for you know for uh negligence yeah, it is. It's astonishing. And of course, all of that is what part of what I call the disease creation machinery that feeds in to that pharmaceutical industrial complex that, you know, has us perceive or believe that all disease and, and, and manifestations of disease symptoms are the result of a lack of their synthetic chemistry or toxic poisons. And, and, and it sounds absurd when I say it, but I grew up in that America. I grew up in a, in a modern medical pharmaceutical kid raised on the cornflakes, you know, and, and, right. and all of the and I was sick for the first 24 years of my life and no doctor ever told me my liver was toxic, even though I was putting toxic poison in for every meal. <laughs> yeah, well, well, you, you, you have to uh, you have to realize that the you know, the, the narrative we're getting is all I mean, whether it's chemical fertilizers, herbicides, pesticides on the farm, uh, you know, uh, McDonald's for lunch. Uh, you know, the, the whole thing is, um, it is a very, it, it looks at life as fundamentally mechanical, uh, uh, just, you know, protoplasmic structure. There's no, there's no mystery and magic and, and essence of life. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's all a mechanical thing. And, and it also views life, uh, views nature as fundamentally broken and we have to fix it. Uh, my belief is nature's fundamentally well. And if it's broken, I probably broke it. <laughs> and so, so I, you know, when I, when I have a, a sick animal or something, I don't immediately assume, oh, I must have not used the right concoction. I, I immediately say, well, what did I do? You know, uh, sanitation, hygiene, uh, nutrition, stress, you know, what did I do that broke down the immunological function of that, of that animal or that plant? That's, that's how you learn. You don't learn by, you know, by, by assuming nature is flawed and we, and we've just got to, you know, we've just got to uh, uh, fix it. Uh, you know, yeah. that disease and problems are are uh, are like like disease fairies that hover over the planet and just right. sprinkle down diseases for no reason whatsoever. You know, that that's kind of the mentality we have. And, and the fact is that there's a there's a chain of events that leads up to that. Yeah. The, well, the arrogance of man through what I call synthetic organic chemistry that time frame where we suddenly could manipulate things coming out of the earth. I mean, I'll acknowledge that oil in the earth is a natural substance, but when mm -hmm. you synthesize it and alter it in all these many ways, now we have compounds that have never before been in existence in recorded history. And then we ask the human and animal species to deal with these synthetic toxic poisons, which we don't necessarily have the enzymes and the other things of breakdown uh, for successful elimination. So we have bioaccumulation of toxins in addition to metabolic waste that aren't being removed because minerals are deficient in the soil and in the people. And then we end up in, again, a, a machinery that's very profitable for the industry that it pays no attention to true cause 
deficiency toxicity and goes all in on adding to that deficiency and toxicity via their methods to grow food in a factory farm setting, whether it be uh, chemical agriculture or whether it be CAFO, they call them factory farms for animals as well. Well, yeah, and, and you know, it, it even goes more fundamental than that. You know, in our, in our culture, uh, in our country, we don't have a way to, uh, to measure sickness as a, what, as, as a national um, uh, liability. Uh, you know, our gross domestic product uh, does not measure things that are positive or negative. Uh, you know, if, if, if we all get sick and go to the hospital, oh, that's economic activity. You know, we got to build more hospitals. If, if everybody robs banks, we got to build more prisons. Um, well, that's great. We got to pour more concrete and, and buy more, you know, rebar. It's, it's economic activity. If I go out here and, and, and dump, uh, you know, dump and pollute the river out here, um, instead of being, uh, you know, a, a, a negative, instead of the cost of that coming off of gross domestic product, it's it's a positive. Oh, we we've got jobs to clean it up. We've got you know we've got to buy diesel fuel to get the trucks there to clean it up. And, and when a society when a society can't separate on its on its national balance sheet things that are positive from things that are negative, uh, you know we're not headed in a good direction. Yeah, and, and so I see what you are doing as being a living example for others, not in, not in theory, but in actual practice, putting into practice and helping and teaching others to put that into practice. And the criticality of, uh, of what you've been teaching for a long time has only become more intensely needed uh, as they have uh, centralized, if you will, food production and, and, and maybe purposefully disrupted the supply chain to make people very hungry and more controllable and malleable because they, ha- they are not connected to the source of their food. And, I, and I've said this, as I've become an avid, uh, let's say, organic gardener of myself and I, my, my own, I just, I can't do it enough. Uh, but now I'm in a four season scenario, so I can't do it like when I was in Florida all year round as easily, although we have two greenhouses now. But the idea of starting to grow food when you're hungry, it might be a little bit late. And so <laughs> whatever time we have, please start growing food now and explain why that's important. Yeah, well, what you're talking about here is is resilience, and um, and you know, on our farm here, when uh, you're, you're no doubt aware that since Putin invaded Ukraine, a lot of our chemical fertilizer came out of Russia, and uh, chemical fertilizers jumped up what 300, 400 percent. All the farmers are on the news media whining and carrying on about, oh no, you know, what are we going to do with all these uh, spike in fertilizer uh, costs? And on our farm, it didn't affect us any, you know, because <laughs> we don't buy the stuff. And, and, and so uh, suddenly, you know, the, um, you know, the, the Cinderella in the ashes, uh, we're suddenly getting invited to the ball. Well, how do you do that? How, how, do, how do you wean yourself off? And, and I would suggest one other kind of theme, a thread here that, that, that I'm a bit on my soapbox here, but mm-hmm. um, the, that we've been told I think you'll like this. We've been told now for you know, maybe a couple of generations that you don't have to participate. You don't have to participate in food. You don't have to participate in production. You don't have to participate in chores. We'll take care of you. We'll feed you. We'll we'll uh, you know we'll, we'll take care of you, and and it'll all be okay. You'll have more time to to you know to watch movies, play video games, actually to, to whine, the- complain about gender issues. I mean, yeah, 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 and, 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 go, and, and go to football games and things like that. Well, suddenly, suddenly there's this, you know, between between uh, COVID and the war in Ukraine uh, and empty store shelves. Suddenly, those of us who 
who uh, who participated, who didn't buy into the um, the freedom from participation narrative, mm-hmm. we suddenly we have we have food in the pantry, we have canned goods, we have freezers full of food, um, and, and and what we've learned is that the way to freedom, the path to freedom, is is through participation, mm-hmm. not sitting on the bleachers and saying, come take care of me, that actually enslavement, when, when yeah. you say, uh, okay, I'm just going to, you know, uh, keep up with the Kardashians and go to the football games, uh, and I'm going to check out of all these mundane chores and these, you know, these these real low, low life uh, uh, things like planting carrots and, <laughs> and, and canning green beans, you know, yeah. that actually that's the path to freedom not what we've been promised. That sustained our ancestors for us to even be yes. here. The things you're talking about, and it's an anomaly in the history of of mankind to yes. be able to do what we're doing. It used to be for the ultra wealthy uh, to be able to live a life of leisure and have people do everything for them. And you know, uh, my dearly departed friend Liam Sheff, who wrote official stories, would talk about um, the the slaves of today are oil, oil basically, our ability to to rely on oil for everything. Uh, we have the ability to have electricity. Uh, we don't have to produce much. We show up with pieces of paper at the grocery store, at the convenience store, and magically trade them in for often empty calories. But uh, in, a, in a sense, we have gone soft. Maybe not in a sense. We've actually gone soft. And uh, if people are asked to produce their own food, they don't even know where to begin. Look, I'm a city slicker from New York City when I was a kid. I didn't even know where food came from. I thought it came from the grocer's freezer. Now, mm-hmm. I had to learn about farming and gardening, you know, as I was an adult, go, oh my gosh, and how great the joy I've taken from being able to do it. At the same time, I still didn't have to do it because we have the luxury still of being able to trade that paper right. for, but that day may be coming to an end as we're seeing movements on in terms of inflationary spirals to the collapse sure. of the Federal Reserve note dollar, central bank digital currencies that would then shut you down from food if you don't get the next booster of an mRNA uh, vaccine variety, for instance. So we're, we're looking at that dystopian science fiction novel come to life in real time. Yeah, well, what we're seeing is that we, we need to we need to seriously think about building a, a parallel universe, uh, a parallel universe to the, to the, I mean, what I hear more and more people say, they come at me and say, I just, I just want to disentangle. How do I disentangle? And, and there's this, there's this sense. Um, I, I'm sure, uh, uh, Robert, you've, you've, um, you're familiar with like a wasp nest, you know, maybe you got a wasp nest on the back porch, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and you go in and out, you see all those wasps sitting on that nest. They're all just, you know, sitting there nice and quiet. But, but one, one day you accidentally like, like, you know, bump the, bump the ceiling with a broom handle or something like that. All of a sudden they're, you know, and they're all just, they're all just like, like, uh, you know, airplanes on the aircraft carrier, you know, ready to take off. And, and don't you feel, I mean, I feel like that in our, in our nation right now, we're like a wasp nest and, and, and there are, there are a lot of people that are just in that, you know, kind of, kind of what, you know, what's next between, um, between, you know, food scarcity, economy, crime, uh, uh, the whole, you know, yeah. Uh, gender dysphoria, uh, su- you know, teen suicide, um, the schools, the, I mean, it's just, it's just a it's just a crazy time, yeah. and, and 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 I'll tell you one of the things that we learned in I think with COVID, with that black swan, one of the things we learned from that was you know when when important people muse about things, you'd better pay attention. Well, you know, uh, Biden is now musing about 
there's going to be starvation. Uh, you know, he, he just says this kind of off the cuff, like it's a it's a little thing. And and um, and, you know, once now that we look back on the covid narrative and look at the musings of the World Economic Forum and and, and Klaus Schwab and what was going on there, Bill yeah. Gates, all that, you know, um, listen, when these very powerful people muse about things, I'm listening now. I don't just say, well, they're just you know, they're just uh, um you know, whistling in the wind, uh, they're pro they're probably, they're, they're, they're so confident. They're so confident, uh, of their ability to whatever, to, to drive the planet mm -hmm. that, um, they don't care about telegraphing what they know is coming in their no, engineering. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, in, in five years, nobody's going to own it. Nobody's going to own anything and you're going to be happy. I mean, those are, those are profound musings. Yeah. Hey, uh, I've got a, a good news for you. If you didn't know about this now, I, I'm all about having people grow their own food and prepare so that they're less vulnerable to that starvation that they say is coming. Um, my good friend, Jonathan Emord, who you probably know in Virginia, uh, FDA attorney, uh, not for the FDA, he's beaten the FDA world record eight times. He is now running for the United States Senate in Virginia to defeat Tim Kaine less than two years from now. Uh, he's a leading uh, candidate, I believe, on the Republican side. He's already got the endorsement of Ron Paul and Barry Goldwater Jr., and he's my friend. And I'm going to be flying out um, next Tuesday for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We got three state different uh, city events. Super Don has them up there, Rally to Save America events. Uh, we've got Central Virginia, uh, two in Central Virginia. We've got, let's see, where are the ones that we got? Lynchburg and Leesburg. And then the third one, I don't remember where we're going to be. Is that one? One of them is outside of Richmond. Yeah. And uh, I would love, I don't know how far you are from that. I know Virginia has been a home for a while uh, on Polyface Farms, but this is a guy we can get behind who's constitutionally oriented and not, not, he can't be purchased. We've seen him for 25 plus years in action, taking on the oligarchy, defending freedom of the individual. And not that that solves every problem, but certainly we'd be all better off with another Ron Paul kind of guy in the United States Senate. Uh, and Jonathan E. Moore, oh. guy. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And, uh, and yeah, we need, um, as, <laughs> as, as much as I've, I've kind of given up on the federal government, yep. um, boy, if somebody's willing to go down there and tangle, you know, a, a, another, uh, uh, Rand Paul or Thomas Massey, or, you yeah. know, some of these, some of these, uh, rabble rousers, mm -hmm. uh, man, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all behind it. Yeah. Um, that's, that's great. That's great news. Yeah. So everybody check out emord4va, emord, E-M-O-R-D, 4-F-O-R-V-A.com. And ho hopefully you'll see uh, one of the rallies that's coming up next week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, the final three days of the month of March. And, and you know, uh, Joel, I, we all have that fatigue. You know, after Ron Paul ran and and we saw what they did to him. <laughs> yeah. right? uh, but, you know, at the same time, it, there there are, as you point out, rabble rousers in there that are doing good things, and we're still doing our thing on the local level. It's not like it's sure. a one size, everybody does the same thing, but a lot right. of little things that need to happen. So when this occurs, we have a unique opportunity. I'm all in. That's why I wanted to let you know and everybody know about that as well. Now, if, you are, if you're just tuning in, Joel Salatin, Polyface Farms. Dot com. We have him linked up. He's got a great article over at Brownstone Institute. We cover a lot of what goes on there. And it's something we were talking about the other day. And the headline reads, why are chickens so sick? And my second question to that, and I know you'll be able to answer both of these, is why when some chickens are sick, do they wipe out all chickens? Is that how we treat humans? And I know that's not a sort of not a trick question, 
But, uh, you know, oh, yeah, there's a bunch of people with the flu over there. That, get that whole city. Wipe that whole city out so we can stop the flu. Is that how we – I mean, where did this idea come from? Is it all because of factory farm mentalities? What's going on? Yeah, well, uh, the, what what's going on is is a, basically a cut and burn, a, a scorched earth policy toward toward sickness. I mean, it's, it's what we saw in it's what we saw in Great Britain back when the hoof and mouth uh, outbreak uh, came out. Uh, you know, Sir Albert Howard showed in the 1930s and 40s in India that hoof and mouth was a was completely a um, you know a nutritional a nutritional deficiency in cattle. But of course, when it hit Great Britain, they didn't ask about nutritional deficiency. They just made you know funeral pyres and killed every and and, and slaughtered them all. And, and so the 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 cut and burn the annihilation mentality is uh, that that is absolutely the you know the modus operandi of the USDA and the you know the uh, the task forces that are dealing with this. It, it, it goes against all reason and all science. Um, you know, what you'd want to do is identify the survivors, the ones that are immune, breed those, and gradually, you know, breed up a, you know, a, a group of, of genetics that is uh, robust and vibrant. Yeah. So what you're saying is actually saying and asking the question, Hey, you know those chickens that didn't get sick? I wonder why they didn't. Could we find out? Can we make more of those? <laughs> and right. the same way, when we look at the the inhumanity of what we experienced with COVID when they first rounded up the most vulnerable and sick and elders among us mm -hmm. that were right. on multiple drugs and multiple comorbidities, round them up, isolate them, give them kidney-killing drugs, put them on vents, and basically say, this is going to happen to all of y'all, so everybody, we're going to you know divide you, we're going to destroy you until we have a, a magic injection that's going to make you, unfortunately, sicker. We're not going to say that. Again, the idea of allopathic medicine is it's become the dominant monopoly outside of its ability to triage somebody who's been shot with a bullet or hit by a car or bus. It has legitimacy there. But outside of that, that mentality is warfare. It's declaring war on life itself in order to save life itself. And it's like, you know, George uh, W. Bush saying, we got to abandon the free market to save it, you know, or, uh, you know, <laughs> We got to obliterate genders to save genders. I don't even know what that means, but it's so so confusing. Yeah, well, yeah, well you know, you, you had a, at the top at the top of the show, you had this wonderful. You know, when you're talking about the the nutrition, the month of nutrition, and you said, uh, you know, I'll bet they're not telling you to eat liver, and they're not telling you to uh, to to cook all of your own food, and 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 not eat, not drink coke for a month. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, uh, you know, all the things that you and I know are necessary uh, for good health, and and so. The same thing is true here. Uh, back in 2007, we had uh, 40 million head of uh, per, uh, chickens uh, killed here in our area of Virginia in a high path even influenza outbreak. And two of the 40 vets, uh, there were 40 federal vets that were sent out to kind of shepherd the all the the uh, extermination. Mm -hmm. And um, and and two of them came to to visit me on different days. They they just you know they they knew about us and hey we're on the east coast you know let's go let's go visit this this farm we've read about and so they did and both of them independently without any prodding sat here in my front room right here behind me and and said that um, every one of those vets knows that there's too many chickens too tightly confined in 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 unsanitary unhygienic conditions in these factory houses and there's too many houses pressed close together you know in, in a geographic region and that's why we're having this problem 
But both of them then quickly said, if any of us breathed that publicly, we'd be fired in 24 hours. Yeah. So, so, you know, e- e- even, even the people that are on the inside actually know the truth, but they can't afford to say it because it would, it would, it would, it would topple the whole house of cards of, of factory farming, industrial farming, pharmaceuticals, you know, chemicals and, and, and the entire, uh, you know, corn lobby and, and the whole, you know, the whole house of cards uh, w- would come tumbling down. You know, if, if people did what I if people ask me, well, you know, what you do seems to be so reasonable. Why don't people do it? If people farmed like we did on pasture without yeah. antibiotics and, and, and high and good immune systems, uh, if people did that, it, it threatens the entire profit, prestige, mm-hmm. and and power uh, of of the entire food and farming sector, yeah. and that's a pretty big sector. Joel, you mentioned GDP for many years now. I, I've been reporting that I think the you know so called healthcare, which is really sick care and disease management, medical care, is uh, like twenty percent or more in climbing of our GDP. All expenditures into so called healthcare, which is not healthcare not supportive of health at all. And you imagine how much money that is in terms of billions or now trillions. And those that benefit from the disease making machinery and the management machinery don't want to see a change. If anything, they want more people dependent on it. So there's a lot of investment. In fact, even farmers can be corrupted by the money that's thrown their way to maintain that level of ignorance, much less the regulators, the people that know better that will not do better because they, it threatens their economics. And that's, right. you know, kudos to the doctors that have stood up and said, this is nonsense in COVID. We're getting 100% success using dietary mineral supplements and other things, even older drugs that are cheap. Uh, and yet they are shouted down rather than lauded for having 100% success rate, which tells you everything you need to know about the healthcare system in America and much of the West, much like food production. Uh, it's a profit generated not by producing high quality food, but the food as cheap as you can, where you continue to subsist or the farmers have to de- rely upon these chemical infusions without end in more and more each year. Yeah. So, so I, I think it's important uh, at this juncture, I'm sure we've got, we've got listeners that are, that are, um, oh, you know, they, they, they want to believe, they want to believe that we could feed the world and we could do this, you know, without chemicals, but yeah. they've been fed the, you know, the, the green revolution, they've been fed the, 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 you know, the chemical approach for so long that they, they've bought into this, uh, you know, this, this idea. And I, I want right here, right now to dispel that myth. That is an absolute myth. Uh, we, we now have plenty of, of uh, carbon. We're spending $5 billion fighting forest fires. Think of all the carbon that's being burned up in these, in these fires that could be composted and could be building soil. The fact is that if we had had a Manhattan project for compost, <laughs> not only would we have fed the world, we would have done it without three-legged salamanders, infertile frogs, and a dead zone the size of Rhode Island in the Gulf of Mexico. That that's the truth, and 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 I can assure you, our farm produces more per square foot than than you know chemical farms. Uh, you got to understand that 500 years ago, North America produced more food, produced more nutrition than it does today. 500 years ago. So 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 what what we do is look at those patterns, those templates. We're, we're not anti-technology. Um, you know, instead, instead of using wolves to move cows, we use electric fence. Okay. But the point is they move every day. They're, they're not in the, in the same spot. And guess what? You suddenly get 
three and four and five times as much biomass production because you're mimicking the the way the herbivore the, the choreography of the herbivores and the wolves and the flies you know across the uh, uh, across the uh, landscape so mm -hmm. it's in those those ancient those ancient uh, um, ecological patterns that the true uh, viability uh, of of tomorrow exists and so we don't adulterate we don't you know, we don't we don't view nature as some sort of a uh, an uncooperative partner that we've got to wrestle and 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 and, and dominate. And I'm gonna you know make yeah. you you know uh, make you do this. Rather, nature is a benevolent lover, mm -hmm. just to be caressed in the right places. That's yeah, well, and the concept of regenerating soil, for instance, that idea, like you just described, uh, instead of burning it, wasting it into the atmosphere, who knows where it comes down and and as what. Uh, we have the ability to regenerate that which is already here and that sustains and keeps sustaining itself. I, you know, since I moved to this place a few years back, um, you know, everything that we cut down, it doesn't get sent away. I find a way to recycle it right, right on the property. And right. it's like, I don't have a lot. It's like less than half an acre. But yeah. the idea is to utilize what you have and keep the, that regeneration happening, which is so foreign to our way of thinking in, a, again, a modern context of everything is free or nearly free and uh, forever will just magically appear. It's not a, a thinking that is, quote unquote, sustainable. And I don't like to use that word because the UN uses it in a way to destroy us. <laughs> as to actually use it the way I dictionary define it. Uh, the, other, the other thing, my daughter is a senior in high school and she's doing her senior thesis on organic agriculture versus chemical agriculture and oh. because we we've always eaten organic she says i want to go into it further to understand it and share what i've learned good. growing up yeah, and good, good for her. she's about to do her defense of her thesis and one of the things she encountered uh that i introduced her to with the experiment in sri lanka where they were trying to make esg scores go really high to be able to get loans from the world bank etc and they say okay stop all chemical fertilizers and go organic and i'm thinking well, that's a, a lofty and worthy goal, but can you do that on the snap of a finger? And no, it turned out mass starvation, protest right. over the government. And so it, you've got to do this smartly to unwind a lot of the things that have occurred. If you do this on a dime, then it's a dangerous and dumb, a dumb way to go, in other words. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's exactly like a, like a drug addiction. I mean, uh, ke chemical agriculture is, the, is just like a drug addiction. And, uh, uh, you know, very few people... That are that are true addicts can uh, you know can can quit cold turkey. Yeah. Uh, they you know uh, most need a little bit of a little bit of transition you know I incrementally to to come down off of that. And that's the same way it is here. It takes it takes uh, literally several years for soil to for the biology in the soil to kick back up into vibrancy uh, one you know after it's been chemicalized to death. And, and so we've certainly seen that here and we've, you know, we've done it on numerous properties that we now manage that we in, in the area. Uh, and, and we, we know uh, no matter what we do uh, it's going to be about three years until we finally see that, that new blossoming and abundance and, and, yeah. and, you know, earthworm castings and, you know, all the, all the positive things that we see. Well, and, and that, again, comes to the crisis that that Biden is, you know, saying, here, go, you're going to be hungry. And people are going not even paying attention because he doesn't know what he says half the time anyway. So what are you going to pay attention to? 
But the idea, again, if you start when you're actually hungry, where you have no access to the magic food that appears at the corner store and your paper uh, dollars can't buy you anything anyway, now you are in the fully manifested zombie apocalypse where you will eat anything and you will kill and steal and rob and what is right and wrong is gone. The higher functions of the brain, you become the animal brain and you're willing to do anything because now your survival is at stake. And at that point, the greatest vulnerability beyond just the fear of germs that led us down the COVID uh, crazy path we were on uh, is is about to manifest unless, and I don't, I don't, I believe that every time I see that the currency is not collapsed yet, it's like, I look at it as like, maybe God's given us a little extra time to prepare. <laughs> I sure hope that people are taking that time. Yeah, well, you're exactly right. And, and as you know, uh, there is a literal uh, homestead tsunami going on in our culture right now. Uh, Robert, in the last in the last 18 months, I've received four uh, four phone calls from billionaires, not millionaires, billionaires. These are people who own their own jets. They could go anywhere in the world and they call me and say, where can I get to a safe place for when the wheels fall off? There again, there, there's an old axiom. If you want to know where you put your money, you look, look at where the rich people are putting theirs. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, uh, uh, you know, you, you, you look at the, cause, cause, well, there's an old Spanish idiom that the, the rich know each other. You know, they, uh, they, they talk, they hobnob, they, and they know inside information. And, um, uh, I agree with you. Biden doesn't know what he says, but but somebody is giving him cue cards, right, and whoever's right. giving him cue cards, they know what the situation is, and so we're seeing a, a, a downsize of packaging in the stores. We're seeing all sorts of things that are indicative of of again this this wasp nest uh, being disturbed uh, on the on on the food sector, and so uh, there there's this kind of intuitive understanding that if the wheels fall off. I don't want to be stuck in the middle of a city. Uh, I, I want to be where I can have a garden, uh, cut some firewood, uh, you know, shoot a deer, drink out of a spring of water, you know. Uh, and so there is a homestead tsunami going on right now, literally an exodus of uh, uh, an exodus of people that are intentionally moving to places where they can participate and where they can build resilience, um, you know, resilience into their into their lives. How about bringing those billionaires to your farm and make them work for a living? <laughs> yeah, that'd be, uh, that'd be just fine. They, they, they just get, they just want to know how do I, you know, most of them don't want to live in a, in a tent somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so they just want to know, you know, how they can get, but it, but it does, it does stimulate interesting conversations when you're talking with one of these extremely, extremely wealthy people and get into their heads and, and, and see how they're thinking. Mm-hmm. And um, in fact, one of them asked me one time, he said, uh, he said, could you, would you please tell me what, what to you wheels fall off means? What does that mean? Wheels fall off. And I didn't have a quick answer. I, so I went to my team. I said, you know, I said, what do y'all think? We talked about it for a week. And, and I got back to him. I said, you know, I mean, you could say a lot of things. There's a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of, uh, um, you know, threads on it, but uh, we, we boil it down to three things. We said, you can't get fuel, you can't get electricity, and you can't get grain. If you can't get grain, fuel, or electricity, you're, you're in a pretty big heap of trouble uh, if you don't have some sort of pantry full of food. And, um, and of course, you know, no man's an island. I mean, you know, you, you can't live completely independently unless you go, you know, out and live on a, in a cave in a you know, uh, be a mountain man hermit in some sort of cave somewhere. Most of us don't want to do that. But if you, 
if you just have protection for six or seven or eight months or a year uh, and you know some things, you know, you can you can do it. Um, I, I mean, we're beginning to realize that that more important than a 401k plan is actually living proximate, geographically proximate to people who know how to grow things, fix things and build things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if you have a relationship with people who know how to grow things, fix things and build things, that's in, in, in long term, that's way better than a 401k plan. Well, and, and in fix things, I also think about heal things, natural sure. healing. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Her, 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 her herbalists and, yeah. and, uh, natural, you know, natural healing arts. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, this morning my buddy came, he has a, a, a in city Valley, not in the heart of a city, but in a Valley with, which is connected to a city, uh, a nice little farm. They have animals there as well. He comes over with, uh, some, some chicken eggs this morning. We, we gave him some of our carrot juice that we just made. I mean, it's like <laughs> wonderful things that you can establish now before you have to, and you know, the people who are producing things. You, you, you create a community, not by a top down scenario, but by a recognition of values that you've come back to some level of sense to understand what is it going to take when the so-called wheels come off. Now, I don't know, again, from these billionaires and multimillionaires, if they're investing in land and starting to say, hey, how can I make this land fertile and produce like Joel Salatin and Polyface Farms is? I think that would be great to see that they're actually investing in that because that can salvage what's left of our culture if we want to regain culture in America. Yes, well, uh, absolutely. Um, All of them, every one of them, at this point has, has purchased some, some, uh, some farmland. Uh, they, 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 only one of them I know of has moved on to it, but, uh, but, but, but at least they have it, you know, they have it and they're, and they're trying to do some good things. Uh, you know, a cu- couple of them, uh, are, are kind of out to lunch, but, uh, but a couple of them aren't too. And, and, uh, I, I'm just pointing it out that, that when, when those kind of people start getting concerned, uh, that that's like a, a canary in the mine, you know. It's, yeah. it's like a canary that's saying, "Hey, you know, these are, these are people in the know. They they have the, you know, they can call up the head of the Dow Jones Industrial Average and talk to him. They can they can call the the you know the the CEO of Chase Manhattan Bait and talk to him, you know. And um, and one of the things that that you know I, I believe I, I, I'm not I'm not a a, a, a tinfoil hat conspiracist so much. As I do think that there is a a fraternity of shared kind of shared ideas, and um, and these folks kind of drink the same Kool Aid, and so they, they tend to have the the you know a, a similar response and a similar knowledge level of of trends, uh, you know things that are things that are trending, things that are happening, and um, and and so you know uh, instead of instead of uh, watching a movie movie every night. Uh, maybe the, what you ought to do is enroll in a small engine repair class or learn some plumbing or welding or, or some uh, uh, construction, you know, um, it, 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 learn, learn a skill. Again, we're back to this fix, repair and build uh, and grow um, and, and put your attention on visceral, true visceral participatory uh, um, mastery. Yeah, because as you said, uh, you said it twice now. It's it's wonderful. If you wait till you're hungry, you're too late. Mm-hmm. Uh, ma- mastery and skill and expertise take time to develop, and um, and, and you you need to start during the good times. 
mm-hmm. so that when the bad times come, you you know, I, I read um, recently, I read the story of the family that that sheltered the Anne Frank family in in uh, Amsterdam during uh, Nazi occupation there. And he talked about all the people in Amsterdam who starved to death. A lot of them starved to death. But 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 the people who didn't starve to death had a relative or a friend or some some connection to somebody in the country that they could ride out there on their bicycle and they could get rutabagas or a or a chicken and those are the people that made it and so so we need um i mean i think you and i would warn people who are listening to us to take seriously starting to build threads and connections with a farmer with sources with with people who can barter things and 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 bring us through uh Mm -hmm. bring us through uh, uh crazy times and if you guys have kids out there grandkids out there don't send them to hoity-toity Ivy League schools or even semi-Ivy League to end up in debt to learn something that they would not be survivable should the so-called wheels come off. Encourage them to learn the things that Joel is talking about, you know, to build, to repair, to heal, to grow, the practical skills that are going to be vital. If you, if you thought in, in, in much of our culture, Joel, in our lifetime, the things that have been valued above all else is, you know, the doctors, the lawyers, the this, the that, all of these things that are not really vital in a sense. And people say, well, doctors are vital to survival. Well, if we were actually eating well, the only reason we would go to a doctor is if we a tractor fell on us and we broke a leg and we needed it reset. We would not be looking to them for chemical infusions to manage things that are caused by the wrong things that we're eating. Right. Any more that investing in masks for cows like Bill Gates is apparently doing that's not going to be a good investment when the wheels come off. It's like, you want, you want me to put a, a mask on my cow for methane emissions? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think that's going to be anywhere on the list even of priorities. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're exactly right. There are, you know, when you think about the number of things uh, that we, that, that our culture right now invests in and spends money on that are, that are either, that are either frivolous or or, rec- or 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 nothing but entertainment recreation um, or or trying to remedy uh, problems that we've made uh, you know the, the whole uh, cow methane thing is because we've taken cows off of pasture and we put them in feedlots and we feed them corn and, and soybeans instead of instead of grass like they were designed to, to, to grow I mean think about the the experts the the ag experts that for 30 years took farmers like me to free steak dinners to teach us this new, you know, scientific way of feeding cows where we, we grind up dead cows and feed them back to, to oh, cow. And, yeah. But yeah, a disaster, and, you know, and, and our, our farm and others like us did not buy into that narrative, not because we hated science or hated progress or, or anything like that. It was because we looked around the planet and said, where do, where do herbivores in nature eat carrion? And, right. and we couldn't find it. That that was enough for me. Thirty years later, we suddenly have you know bovine spongiform encephalopathy, known as mad cow. We didn't know there was going to be mad cow. All we knew was there was no pattern in nature for this. Well, you know what? There's no pattern in nature for a Tyson chicken house. There's no pattern in nature for a Smithfield hog factory. There's yeah. no pattern in nature for a beef cattle feedlot. There's no pattern in nature for chemical chemical fertilization. There's no yeah. pattern in nature for glyphosate and Roundup. I mean, when when you start looking 
at nature's patterns, you begin realizing that our entire system is predicated on an anti-nature template. Right. And 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 uh, and so the the kind of things we're seeing now, you know, the for everything from you know from autism and 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 you know the U.S. now leads the world. You know, we love to be first in the world in basketball, first in the world in baseball. Uh, you know, we love to be first in the world. But you know what? We're first in the world in chronic illness, chronic non-infectious disease morbidity. We are number one in the world. Yeah. That 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 to me. Um, uh, is is perfectly consistent and therefore confirms mm-hmm. the notion that since we lead the world in anti-ecological farming and food systems, we invented DDT, we invented Red Dye Twenty Nine, we invented uh, uh, you know na- genetically modified organisms, we invented Roundup. I mean, you can go down. We invented McDonald's. Okay, a- and so it is. It is apropos. That the nation, the country that invented the greatest violence, abuse, and disrespect of ecology and nature would now be suffering the highest levels of non-infectious chronic uh, morbidity in in the world. Yeah. Well, all the things you mentioned uh, in the food supply are, I'm going to upset my church-going friends out there, are in uh, Chick-fil-A sandwiches. Yes, it's factory farm chicken. They say, well, there are no antibiotics. Well, guess what else that you're, they're not considering and not telling you in terms of the factory farms, the CAFO farms, they get these chickens from. Uh, Super Don, I don't know if you have that image you can show everybody. Again, this is going to upset everybody that goes to this place. But MSG, I always wondered why this stuff was so addictive. You know, people are like, oh, I can't get enough. I crave it. I crave it. Well, monosodium glutamate in there. Uh, in addition, uh, it's in there twice, in fact. Um, sodium aluminum phosphate soybean oil, all genetically modified. Uh, dimethyl polysiloxane, an antifreeze agent in there. Uh, folks, uh, you know, you people of faith, and this is, I say this with all the love in my heart, are not doing your body a favor, the temple that God gave you a favor by eating that kind of food on a church picnic. I'm just saying, even though Truett Cathy closes his shop down on Sundays because he has a religious belief in doing so, I am not criticizing him for that, but for the factory farming that is not healthful to those who reward him because he's a person of faith. I'm again, I'm willing to step in it yeah. just to, you know, say it like it has to be said. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. And, and anybody that knows me know that, you know, my, my uh, self-made uh, self-made handle is uh, Christian libertarian environmentalist, capitalist, lunatic farmer. And the first <laughs> word there is Christian. And uh, I actually had the, uh, the vice presidents from Chick-fil-A come and visit us uh, several, several years ago. It's been probably 10 years ago. Now they came and visited us and, and I showed them around and uh, they were very interested. And they said, well, you know, how do we, uh, how do we how do we make a change? How do we do this? They they, they got the fact that that um, that good stewardship, good caretaking. Uh, I mean, I, I I told them I just asked them a question, and these are all good you know faith based guys. I said, does God care? Does God care how you raise chicken? Does God care? You know, and that really got their attention because they they they. they they understand God does care when a sparrow falls and 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 the lilies of the field and you know all the the, the biblical metaphors and, and so anyway, we, they they actually worked on it for a year but it all uh, kind of finally collapsed because because um, they couldn't figure out I mean we couldn't obviously supply all their chicken to begin with you couldn't make a change overnight and no. it all collapsed because they couldn't figure out well well uh, until we get all good chicken 
What do we call the other? Do we call it factory chicken, industrial chicken, junk chicken, fecal, fecal chicken? You know, what yeah. do we call it? And, and and so the whole thing broke down. And and I've had numerous, numerous outfits who have come to us interested. And this always becomes the problem is is if, if when you're making this transition, what do you call the, the chemical stuff industrial stuff? Yeah. While you're transitioning into something better. And so here again, you know, I say what we need is a, is a parallel universe. Don't try to change McDonald's. Don't try to change Chick-fil-A. Let's yeah. have let, let, let's have let's have an authentic fast food place that uses local yeah. uh, pasture based livestock. And let's go head to head with them. That's exactly right. And I've seen that emerge in various areas, including where I am. So I can access that kind of food that I grew up on and I've exposed my kids to, but the organic version of it. Uh, In fact, the French fries we get at the local place we get is they're uh, actually fried in organic coconut oil. None of this vegetable oil nonsense. So, I mean, there are ways to address the foods that many of us who've been on this planet a long time grew up on the wrong forms and still we can enjoy, uh, you know, a great burger that doesn't contain all the things that you don't want in a burger for those that you do that they eat that way sometimes. So uh, the idea here is what you're doing is to duplicate what you're doing, not to go and change every multinational corporation that can't figure out a way to do it. Cause then they have to call what they're selling now garbage in order to transition. And that's not yeah. their business model. So well, go out and create another one. Yeah. Well, well the, the other issue too, is that they they've spent the, you know, as a brand, as a brand, you, you cultivate a customer, a client base that, that that buys into your brand. And so the fact that the people who are going there see that ingredient list and don't care and don't mind that that ingredient, that is, is, is inoculating, it's inculcating in your brand a certain mentality. And, and so when you, uh, again, when you deviate from that, you know, branding is really critical. And if you, if you suddenly uh, make a, make a 180 degree shift from your brand, you're, you basically are building a new business. It, it'd be better to just, to just continue on with that brand, start a different brand, build a, yeah. know, build a whole separate, a uh, whole separate expressway than try to reverse, then try to reverse the traffic on the expressway you've already built. That was a little bit, I think, of the history of uh, the Chipotle that got bought by McDonald's and McDonald's yeah. finally said, we don't know what to do with this. Yeah. And they went out and tried to do it a little bit better. I'm not saying they're perfect, but, you know, it's a step. Uh, By the way, are you near either Lynchburg, Richmond, or Leesburg? Because those are the three cities we're going to be visiting on the end of next week. Yeah. uh, Well, I'm in Western Virginia. So, you know, I'm I'm an hour and a half from Richmond, an hour hour and a half from Richmond, hour and a half from uh, from Lynchburg. Yes. Okay. Well, Lynchburg is going to be Wednesday. Uh, Richmond's going to be Thursday, the tw- the 30th. And then Leesburg is the 31st. I don't know if you're able to make any of this, but I'd certainly love to give you a big hug and make sure everybody knows you if they don't already there and how uh, we have an opportunity. And you're in Virginia, so I think it would impact you even more to have uh, Jonathan E. Moore become your U.S. Senator. Yeah, I would, I would, I would love that. I'll, I'll have to look at my calendar and, and see, and see where I am. Uh, I'd, I'd love, I'd love to do that. I, I appreciate the, uh, Appreciate the shout out on it. Yeah, because we've oh, got I knew, listen, you'd appreciate our, 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 our tribe. Uh, boy, if there's any if there's ever been a time when our tribe needs to stick together, it's now. Yeah. We, we, I mean, there, there are so um, well, 37 percent of Americans didn't take the jab, you know, and, and that's not 50 percent. But 37 percent is a pretty good number who actually, you know, didn't buy into the Fauci narrative and the whole thing. I mean, think about it. That's a that's a pretty significant uh, 
you know, <laughs> you're not going to control me, uh, people. I'm, I'm actually uh, encouraged that 37% were yes. that, were that, um, you know, that, what, you know, yeah. that, that much thinking, thinking for themselves, you know, and, and, uh, exactly. and, and thinking through it. And so I'm excited about that. So yeah, we need to, we need to hang together and have a real positive, you know, a positive narrative. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, our goal is, you know, if you wanted to make a list, if you want to sit down and make a, make a list of everything you're angry and frustrated about, we can all make a pretty good list uh, about that. But, but, and, and that's fine. It might be therapeutic actually to make a list like that. But at the end of the day, you need to take that list and invert it and say, well, what's the, what's the opposite of all that? And let's be proactive and fix it all so mm -hmm. that, so that we can ultimately provide hope and help when society becomes hopeless and helpless. Exactly. And in freedom, we can do that. And that's yes. what's been lost in our culture. And uh, I'm glad you're here helping to regain it, re re restore it, regenerate it and all of that. And I know if you got a uh, stable full of manure, you know, there's a pony in there somewhere. And that's yeah. that positive outlook, right? Joel Salat, yeah. God bless you. It's been too long. We're not going to make it or allow it to be that long again between visits here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Thank you, Robert. It's been just a delight and a pleasure to be with you again. Good to see you again, and hopefully we'll see you out there in Virginia soon. That's uh, Joel Salatin, polyfacefarms.com. Check it out. Links are in the show notes at robertscatbell.com, which leads to our question of the day before Ty Bollinger joins us as well. And Ty, I believe, knows uh, Joel and has interviewed him before as well. Uh, but, boy, what, an, what a powerful thing. I hope you all can all visit Polyface Farms if he does tours still. I want to get out there as well. So this question of the day is coming from Yolanda. Hi, Robert and Super Don. My husband is in the hospital. He has really a bad breakdown on his bottom. That's a polite way of saying his tushy is inflamed and on fire. Okay, I'm just going to translate it for you. And uh, from being uh, uh, in this bed, and, and also he has loose stool diarrhea, so it's very corrosive on his skin down there. The nurse tells uh, her that it may never heal. And she says, I don't receive that in Jesus' name, she says. What can I do? They say everything has to be FDA approved, Yolanda. Well, if you can sneak in the uh, bioactive silver hydrosol and or the, the, the sovereign silver or Gen 23 first aid gel topical, by the way, technically the uh, first aid gel is an OTC uh, regulated by the FDA as an over-the-counter topical drug product because it also has the homeopathic silver in it. Um, and that will help to heal tissue that is not healing, like on your husband's bottom. So please, Get that Sovereign Silver or Gent 23 gel. You can get that at JonathanChooseToBeHealthy.com. Uh, Use the code RSB5. Save a little bit as well or go direct to Natural Immunogenics. We have links in the show notes, of course, and on the Robert Scott Bell Show website all the time. Check out the banners there. And you can plug into a lot of the great things that we do that will enhance your nutritional uh, integrity, if you will. Uh, the food's not enough anymore, so we must supplement, but we want the right forms of supplementation. And just as a reminder, you know, as, as uh, Joel Salatin doesn't use glyphosate, but who can control the spray around? There's going to be exposure that I can't contain, control for. So I'm also doing the uh, Nutritional Frontiers Enter DMG, the dimethylglycine, every day as a counterpoint to any inadvertent exposure, much less if you actually are indulging in things that are grown chemically. And there's a story a little later that talks about that. And it's 15% off for the month of March among their other allergy-focused formulas, including Air Max, but the NRDMG, my gosh, these lozenges are awesome. And I'm putting it out there for you to get because it's 15% off plus RSB 15 gets you an additional 15% off. 
And at the risk of them selling it out, I would do that for you guys because I want you to have access to the stuff that will keep you alive and well as we're transitioning into better and better days, better and better things because of what we're doing. What you're doing now that you know better, you must do better. That's what we're asked. It's not too much. It's not too much. All right, Super D, we're almost at the top of the hour. We might be past it. Uh, I think TMB is going to be joining us shortly. Just want to check in with you. It was so great to have Joel back on after all these years. It's just been too long. Yeah, I remember, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, mm-hmm. I know Joel Salton's been doing work for eons now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but wasn't he a part of the Food Inc. Uh, documentary that came out years ago that was talking about the factory farming and it was showing all the how the animals were treated and it, you know, by the time you got done watching it, you, you were a vegetarian for at least a week. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't, <laughs> well, I know that a lot of the factory farm stuff came from diet for a new America. Uh, yeah. I don't know if he was in the food Inc, but I, I know that was around the same time. Did you, I, did you ever see that? The food Inc has been many years. Yes. Oh yeah. man. What a, t- Oh yeah. But I mean, he, it was, just, see many of them also go all into the, uh, what, what we call, um, militant vegetarianism. Yeah. And look, well, I, I don't disabuse you. If you, if you're doing well on that, that's good for you. I've done and it. And you know what? There, I, you know, dude, I don't, yeah. uh, it, the problem that I have with, with people that are, are in that camp mm-hmm. is that they're so in your face. Uh, well, it, you're uh, right. When it, you say militants, some of them are. They, they, they come they, in they, with, they, a, I'm better than you. I'm holier than you. All of that. That's oh, yeah. problematic for anybody. And I get it. Listen, I, you know, I'm a, I'm an animal lover, you know, I mean, I've got pets and, and, you know, I, I've had people ask me to go hunting. You know, I, I live in Oregon. I mean, everybody here hunts and fishes, right? Look, man, if you can't, and I don't do it. Federal, yeah. If you turn your federal reserve notes over and they can't give you any food that you would eat, you you'll become a hunter. I mean, hunger will, what drive I you would food. do mm-hmm. is I, I would, I would, uh, find some way to have somebody else hunt for me. <laughs> Well, there you go. Now you're you talking know? about growing, building, absolutely things, yeah. that, skills that uh, Joel Salas talked about. All right, let's take a momentary pause at the top of the hour, and Ty Bollinger joins us to go outside the box, as we do from time to time here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Once again, shout out and thanks to Joel Salatin, and Polyface Farms. Share that show. Go back and replay it because that can be a, a saving grace for you moving forward while we have the time. And, and if, you know, the collapse is delayed a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, take advantage of the time you have to prepare. Because if you start growing food when you're hungry, it's way late, y'all, way late. But you keep tuning in the Robert Scott Bell Show and it won't be too late. Thanks for being here. The power to heal is yours. Are your bunny rabbits stuffed up? Well, if so, I've got a remedy for you. I've got a story to tell, and we'll bring in Ty Bollinger. He's not a stuffed bunny, <laughs> but he's a, he's my pal. He's my buddy, along with along with uh, my humble and lovable producer there, Super Dom. What's going on, Super? Did you see uh, TMB there with his hat backwards? <clears throat> We're not so cool. Yeah, he's looking kind of funky, fresh there. Yeah, funky. <laughs> <laughs> Funky fresh. That reminds me of um, who was who was the wrestler John Cena. Remember Cena? Oh, yes. Yeah. It was like he was like the white rapper guy that came out, but he was all jacked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was kind of, he was kind of funky fresh. That's the way I would describe him. Funky and yep. fresh. Yeah. 
Uh, by the way, Michael Bolden says, yeah, it was. Uh, you were right about that Food, Inc. documentary uh, that Joel Salatin was he in He was well. in that. I knew he was in that. Yeah. And Ty, you've, you've met Joel Salatin. You've interviewed him, I thought, over the years. One of the, the Yeah, I envy Joel on his, at his Polyface Farms in Virginia mm-hmm. in 2015 when we were traveling to do the Global Quest. He was the first leg of America before we headed over to Europe. Wow. Yeah, that's a cool. And he's still doing it, I got to say. And uh, look, I, I know we have vegetarians in the audience, too. And we're I'm not dissing on vegetarian. I'm just we're talking about those that are militant. And it's like anything, Ty, if you want to lead people to what you believe is right, you live that way and lead by example. You, you don't preen and, 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 you know, pretend you're holier than thou. And then, of course, that's going to endear y- you to people. And they'll go, why would I want to be like that? It's kind of like those are the vegetarians I'm talking about that are annoying to me. And in the same way that they, there are people in the paleo and the, that, that do that as well. And it's just not very, uh, uh, let me just use the word nice, right? There are times when it's okay to be nice. Don't be nice to tyrants, though. That's not a good thing to be because then they'll take advantage of you. I, I agree. Um, like, there's so many people that are so tightly bound to their, the way that they eat, that it's, it's almost like that is their religion, whether you're in the keto or vegans are the worst. I'll just be honest. They're the ones that are the closest to having a religion based upon what they eat. And they're very, very condescending towards anyone that doesn't agree with that. Not generally, I'm not saying yeah, everyone, but the, 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 the vegan, the, the, those that are in the church of veganism are very strictly adherent to their, to their faith. And, but it's the same with, you know, some people believe you should all eat keto all the time and, it, look, give people the, just the right to eat the way they want to, you know, yeah, let, be an example. just share ex- information with them and let people mm-hmm. make their own decisions. That's what we preach in every area of life, whether it's spiritually or according to your diet or just share the truth. And then it's up yeah. to the person to decide what they want to do with it. Somehow we have people that eat uh, all kinds of things in this, sh- on this show, maybe not while I'm on the air, but <laughs> in fact, uh, you know, I'm, I'm seeing in the, in the uh, chat room, Jim is definitely uh, more in the vegetarian realm. And, uh, uh, you know, I saw a statement, something like vegans live longer. That's a fact. Well, some vegans do. Some don't. Uh, you know, when we make generalizations like that, you know, it kind of takes out the individual aspect of unique metabolic needs, factors, et cetera, that as a healer, a homeopath, I have to take into consideration. I can't do one size fits all other than, as you know, organic quality clean. That to me is a one size fits all. Yes. I mean, nobody does better on glyphosate infested foods. I, I would have be hard pressed to yeah. find an exception. Yeah. Somebody says, Oh, I thrive on glyphosate. Destroying the tight junctions in my gut and damaging my microbiome is the best thing ever. I will live forever. I just don't find that to be a plausible thing to say yeah. about yeah. clean. If you are vegetarian or not, I've gone various diets over my life and I try to listen to my body cells to tell me what I need and the best way to get what I need. Yeah, and you know, generic statements like that, it's like vaccines are safe, whatever, right? Mm. Vegans live longer. We There's never been a study that's definitively proved that any type of diet actually causes the people to live longer. You could say that people that wear shorts live longer. Well, that's because they live towards the equator. If you wear shorts, you get more vitamin D. Well, did wearing the shorts cause you to live longer? Was it the, the fact that you got more sunlight? So yeah. There's no doubt that there's multiple factors that cause people to live longer. A clean diet would be one of them. But, you know, saying that vegans live longer, I mean, a lot of vegans die early. 
All I say is some do some and do. some don't. Same for those that are meat eaters. And, and, and Jim, don't take this as a smear. That's no. not it at all. Because if it works for you and it works for a lot of people, I don't disagree. And there are some people it doesn't work for. No, and, and, and just real quick, I'm glad Jim's on. Keep coming. Yeah. We want participation from the audience. It gives us something to talk about. It's great. So, you mm-hmm. know, we can we can don't have to agree on veganism or whatever. But it's just great to talk about it, right? And that's, I, I hope that we can actually poke fun at each other and laugh at our various diets rather than take them so harsh that yeah. it becomes, like you said, a, a religious dogma. We must convert everybody to our way. Right. And, and you know, you know, Ty, I mean, you know, you live a life as a Christian and try to live by example. You don't beat people over the head with Jesus sticks. I mean, I, I was the recipient of that growing up in the South, and that didn't endear me to people of, of the Christian faith. I'm like, these people are not living very christ-like lives so it's that concept of whatever you believe holy with all of your body live it and be an example for others yeah exactly that's the main thing is to live it and uh, to share it and let people decide right and so that's that's really what we're preaching whether it comes to cancer treatments or vaccines or whatever diet you choose is yeah. you can share your opinion, give people the facts and let them decide. And, you know, the reality is I know a lot of good people that are vegans. I know a lot of good people that only eat keto. I know yeah. a lot of good people that eat total crap. And you know what? <laughs> I hang out with all of them because they're my friends. Mm-hmm. And I don't choose yeah. my friends based on what their diet is. It's it's more than that. So I think it's great to have people that you can hang out with that share. Like, so if I know if... If I'm ever in the Utah area and I go to RSB's house, I'm going to get some clean food that I, I feel good about eating. Right. So there's that common factor that's great to have with friends, but it doesn't mean mm-hmm. that I'm not going to be friends with somebody that goes down to KFC twice a week yeah. or whatever. How many people do, do I know that eat like me? Not a lot. Yeah, there's some. But if I would def- be defriend all of those people, I'm unfriending you, you. No, that's not how this works. You, you're like at the at the top one percent of the most organic extremist eaters, I would say. So if if RSB didn't hang out with anybody that didn't agree with him on food, he wouldn't have any friends. I have no friends. What would I yeah. say? Uh, my wife, my kids, maybe that's it. But no, the idea, of course, uh, trying to bring also the humor honestly into this, because, you know, I remember the shows we did with our dearly departed friend, Liam Chef. And yes, he would go into controversial areas in anything. It, it didn't bother him. He was like, you just went there and he went there. But when it came to the food, we found out that was the most controversial of anything yeah. we could cover. Even when we talked about, you know, religious stuff that could upset people, it was like that didn't upset him as much as when he went into food issues. I'm like, wow, this is stunning how much we've lost our sense of humor when it comes to diet and lifestyle and things the way we live and lead. And, you know, where is that libertarian concept of, you know, live and let live? It's not like uh, we have to agree with everything everybody does, but it doesn't mean we're condemning them because they live differently than we do, as long as they're not violating our rights to live as we would like to live, nor using the government to force or or, or prohibit us from living a life of, of belief or faith in whatever we have belief or faith in. Yeah. And, and I think one of the, one of the funny things for me is like, you know, it's somebody that will not touch me. And I've had people that have said, you know, you should really try those. Um, what are they? They're beyond, they're called beyond meat burgers. Yeah. So yeah you should really try those. And I, I've read about those burgers. They're like mm. totally carcinogenic. They're fake schmeat and they cause cancer. 
And but it's it's funny. Somebody that's a vegan will say, "Man, you, this is really good. You should be eating this." While they look down at you if you eat a grass-fed burger. Yeah. But it's just they, I don't think they really understand a lot of the chemicals that are in some of these meats that they're eating to replace meat. Check this out. This is perfect because it was one of the stories Superdon found for us today. It's on Fox News. It says FDA approves lab-grown good meat. Again, Beyond Meat didn't work, but good meat might. It's a chicken product, and it's the second such authorization in the U.S., a lab-grown food company called Good Meat. Now, maybe if we can call it good meat as opposed to bad meat, maybe it'll succeed. But I wonder what what's going to be in that. Do we have an ingredient list on that, Super Don? What's in good meat? Is it meat at all, even? Cultured chicken cell material. Factory farm cultured chicken cell material. I mean, I don't know. I'm just not inclined to go, yep, I'm all in because it says it's good meat. All right, let me see here. Let me scroll down because it's what it is. It's one of those things where they um, they take, like, cells and then they grow it in a lab. And they're, so they're, growing, they're growing some of this stuff in HeLa cells. Henry cultivated. It's a, it's called cultivated meat, cultivated. and it's derived from a small sample of animal cells that are fed nutrients and grown in steel vats before being processed into cuts of meat. Mm. Wow, doesn't sound good. I think I just have a chicken. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. Good meat. Of course, that's the the the, the name. The trade name will be good meat. Yeah. So it's like. When you report on it, it's good meat, but it's, it's but you might think it's bad, but no, it's good. Uh, well, I guess that's marketing in that sense. But the idea of a Joel Salatin is like if you do uh, eat meat, utilize the regenerative farming practices that have been on, going on for you know thousands of years, yeah. And how that can you know that interacts with the natural cycle of things as opposed to monocropping uh, grains only or or certain vegetables or corn all the time for fuel production or, or uh, sugar production, for instance. Yeah, and it's, you know, in visiting Joel's farm, I don't know if you've ever been there, Robert, but no, I haven't. one of the cool things is, you know, he practices what he preaches. I mean, he's got yeah. thousand acres out there or whatever, and he's got it all fenced off. You know, he's got the cows that are munching on the grass, right? You know, eating grass that they're supposed to eat. He's got all his chickens, his laying hens and so forth with portable houses. And we're not, we're not talking about small portable houses. We're talking about, you know, hundreds of chickens. And what they do is they let the cows graze for, I don't know, three or four days on this five acre, acre tract or whatever, and they eat it down. And then mm -hmm. they move them over and they bring the chickens in behind the cows because then they are able to be, eat the insects and all that, that begin to form in the cow poop right. and other things and clean that up basically to make healthy eggs. So yeah. he, the, he's got a real strict, and, and the pigs like are the same way. He's got different, the pigs he moves from pond to pond. I mean, it's just really amazing the way that 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 he he's practicing what he's preaching, and and there's a science behind what he's doing. Yeah, and the science is observing nature. How does it work in the natural yeah. world? Let's mimic that, not conquer it. Let's work with the natural world and watch us regenerate the soil, sequester the things they say mm -hmm. we don't want going up into the atmosphere that they're wasting now through various means to destroy the food production and starve us out so that we can become controlled. And that's the first official story I wanted to cover with you today. Uh, the feds are using the banking crisis to usher in what? Central bank digital currency. And Ty, as much as you and Charlene have been canceled over the years, how, how well would it go if you had digital IDs in central bank digital currency? I don't think they'd let you buy anything anywhere. They would shut you down. Your money would be no good anywhere. Yeah. And that's, you know, we've been talking about the digital currency for a while that's coming and this is the way they would control you. That's why they hate, 
goldbacks. They hate gold. They hate mm -hmm. silver. They hate allowing you to have anything that you can physically uh, use as a monetary exchange that's not digital, because eventually that will be the way that they want to try to track and trace everybody. And, you know, you know, in, in the biblically speaking, mark of the beast, right? If you don't have the mark of the beast, whatever that might be, you can't buy or sell or trade according to the Bible, yeah. if you believe that, right? Which I do. So, this is, you know, this is why, and Ty, and you know this, we've talked about this, why I didn't number my kids. Mm -hmm. I didn't let them number my kids. I, I believe it's tantamount to the mark. And I know we can get into theological discussions about that. I'm not trying to convince anybody. I'm just saying this is my interpretation and that's my, you know, this is what I felt so strongly that this is where this will lead. If it's not the actual mark, it's the roadmap to the mark. Yeah, I would, I would and, say I would agree that it may be the roadmap to the mark. I don't believe it's the actual mark. Because in the Bible, it says that those that take the mark will know it's the mark. So people mm -hmm. that got a social security number, they didn't know. They were, yeah. So it may be a precursor. But I think what, yeah, but what, whatever the mark of the beast is, that's all theological. But it would it not be, let's say it's the mark of the beast. Let's just say it was a, a digital ID that you have to have mm -hmm. to buy or sell. And, and if you don't conform to what they want you to do, they can just turn off your ID digitally and you can't buy or sell. It would be easy for that to fit into the biblical mark of the beast, no sure. buying or selling without the mark. I don't know what it will be. But think about it, Ty. I mean, if you have a perspective because of a religious belief that there are only two genders, male and female, yeah. and those that control the central bank digital currency go, uh-uh, that's not acceptable. Boom, your money's not buying you anything. And if you haven't prepared, like with gold backs, gold, silver, barter, have skills like Joel Salatin said to grow, build, fix, you know, heal, these, these kind of things that are valuable in a grid down or any scenario, but more so than ever, uh, then what? Then what? You become slaves to whatever system tells you to do. And, oh, you want your, your money activated again? Well, take the latest mRNA booster shot and then we'll activate it. Yeah. Again, easy to turn you off if you don't conform. And it's funny you mentioned male or female. I've, I've had a couple of instances that I had to fill out things online in the last couple of weeks and they give you, yeah. a, you know, gender. They still only male or female. It's just only two choices still. What's up? I thought there's supposed to be 72 choices. There's only two still. Oh, man. Get with the program. Yeah, they need to get with the program. They're being very hateful. Oh but, you know, gosh. one of the things that you mentioned that before the show, I was listening in the break and you mentioned something mm -hmm. like if you uh, grow in food, if you wait till you're hungry, it's too late to grow food or whatever. And that, that is true. That is true. But I thought about this kind of a funny story. Um, like you probably, if you, if you waited until you're hungry to grow the food, you'd probably eat when it started sprouting, you'd be so hungry to eat it before it got to fruition. Right. Yeah. Probably. But it, it reminded me of in college, we went I, I, right after that, you played a cannabis commercial and I was like, Oh, this brings <laughs> it all back. So in college, we tried to grow some cannabis in our closet, mm -hmm. right. In our apartment. But before the, it, before it budded, Right. Which is when it gets all the properties that you wanted when you were in college. Let's just say mm -hmm. we before that, we were so we were so much wanted to partake in the cannabis that we cut it and rolled it up before it budded. And so yeah. there was no effect to it. So yeah. I, it's just it's funny. It's brought back an old funny college story. But it, it is a good analogy that if you wait yeah. until it's, you're hungry to to eat or to grow food, it's probably too yeah. late because you're going to be so hungry. You're going to eat it when it buds, but it also leads me to sprouting. So mm -hmm. you can grow a garden and that's great. A lot of people don't have the room for that, but you've all got a kitchen counter that you can put a few sprout jars on and start sprouting your own sprouts. Very easy to do. 
I would highly recommend that everybody watching begin to sprout. Yeah. Well, in terms of nutrient viability, it's very viable and available. Uh, and yes, can help you survive. It won't be high caloric intake uh, in that regard. You will lose weight. That's the thing about pictures from the 1970s on the beach. Very few overweight people, much less obese, if any. Uh, and of course, the, the transition for food at that point was already on. That was leading to what we see today, where it's almost rare to see a, a slender, muscular human being in the in the you know American West. I mean, the West, the entire West that's uh, been raised on pharmaceutical food, so to speak. Wait, 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 wait. Slender, what? muscular human being. That sounds like you, and you live in the West now. So there's one that we can find. One. Well, I'm looking at you are ripped. My, you're you're wearing something nobody knows, but your biceps bigger than my head. So I, I mean, I'm a, I'll take that ripped comment, but uh, I'll add it, add some steroids to it. But you're not on the juice. I know that. So you're just naturally there doing great, but great really things. Funny, and, you, you mentioned the juice because I was taking batting practice a few weeks ago with my. I play on mm -hmm. a whole guy softball team, and um, mm -hmm. I'm taking batting practice, and I just was wearing a tank top, and I'm I'm pretty ripped now. I'm pretty big still. And, I, and then this guy from another team came up and he saw me just, I was smashing the ball that day. And he's like, we need to start urine testing before our games. Like insinuating <laughs> that I was on steroids or something and that yeah. nobody at 55 should still be in good shape or something, I guess. Right. Well, it's rare. Yeah. It is rare. Or as uh, Fauci says, it's rare, but uh, it's real when it comes to Ty Bollinger. And by the way, we're I'm on the juice today, carrot juice. We harvested about 40 pounds of carrots that we wintered. Uh, they wintered. I mean, it was under the snow all, all winter. Sweet. It finally thawed out. We dug them up and we juiced them and uh, uh, we froze a lot of the juice. So, I, I, again, if I look a little orangey, that's the reason. Uh, and uh, do you, down in Do that, you do anything was, with the pulp? Uh, well, I, I actually composted okay. it because uh, we didn't have time to get in to make some soups, normally of stews and things. But normally we would use the pulp as well. Uh, but uh, today I just, well, yesterday I was composting, converting or re, reha rehabilitating soil from another area of the of the uh, property yeah. to where I can grow some other things cool. as we do. So, but that's part of what I'm trying to learn from Joel Salatin, for instance, yeah. to do things like that. You know, one of the things that uh, I used to do with, with carrot, just carrot, since we're talking about juicing with carrot pulp, yeah. just mix it with mm -hmm. some flour and eggs and some honey, a little bit of salt, and you bake it. And it's like, it's just like the simplest but yummiest like carrot bread you can find. Nice. Yeah. And we've seen that before too. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, speaking of uh, CBDCs, interesting, Ron DeSantis, uh, governor of Florida, has unveiled a plan to battle Biden's effort to inject the centralized uh, bank digital currency. Uh, he revealed this proposal Monday meant to combat possible implementation of the uh, CBDC by the um, Federal Reserve and the Biden administration. We know the Fed is something Ron Paul has been after for a long time and the Fed. And there's a reason for that. Uh, but it's interesting. He's trying to uh, basically stop it by not allowing them to redefine what what money is under the Florida Uniform Commercial Code, the UCC. And you as an accountant kind of understand things like that. I don't know if he'll succeed in stopping it. But again, I know that we can't uh, pretend that they're not going to attempt with everything they got to try and implement it. Yeah, I think that the more governors like DeSantis that will step up to the plate and be vocal about the dangers that a digital currency, you know, offer is, is it's important now. Right. Because we need to, they're not going to do it tomorrow, but they're working towards that. And so the more uproar that we can cause now and the more awareness that you can bring to the subject now, make people aware of the potential control issues then the better instead of waiting until, you know, it's, well, they're going to pass the bill next week and implement it's, it's too late by then. We got to start making our voices heard now on this.
Yeah, and and I've you know, honestly, I've got some cynical streaks in me that go, uh, is DeSantis for real? Is Christy Nome for real? I've heard stories on on. We I think we have to be at least skeptical of these attempts that sometimes they're window dressing yeah. and they're not real. At the same time, we look at what can we do if if they're deceptions and they they end up pushing it through. It's kind of what we talked about with Joel last hour. How many of us have a community network of people that are producing things that we have the ability to trade in gold, silver, barter, or skill sets that you have, that they have? And, you know, to have a viable community in a, in a breakdown where they are locking you in like a beastly number scenario where the only way you can engage in trade is to take that digital identification that leads to their uh, CBDC. Well, yeah, and, and again, it's that's all. It's all about track and trace, and it will all be digital. So that's why they hate the physical stuff. They don't like you having physical gold, silver, gold backs, and they don't like you having physical food already stored or the ability to grow it, because then you can't rely on them with your digital ID to purchase some of their shmeat. Otherwise, they turn yeah. off your, your your social credit system or, or whatever they use to implement. So yeah, it's, it's things out of their control and they don't like that. They want yeah. to control every aspect of our lives. Yeah. So are you guys, uh, I, I think it was warm for a while and it may have gotten cold again. Have you started already a little bit of spring sprouting planning? I know how busy you guys are, but you've had some yeah. things growing in the backyard years and years. We, we were going to, to plant and then a couple weeks ago, but then the forecast was that, you know, we're going to get several days and I'm glad we didn't because yeah. we've had several days got down around 20 or nights around 20 which, you know, three or four nights of that, all everything's going to be killed. So <clears throat> I think after this weekend, it's supposed to stay above. And so we'll probably plant next week. Very good. Very good. And this is why you want to grow your own. Check this out, a grocery, toxic grocery warning. Um, this kind of goes along with what I mentioned about uh, the factory farms that result in Chick-fil-A. And I'm not picking on Chick-fil-A. It just happens to be that a lot of people... Uh, of faith that go to church, they really celebrate Chick-fil-A because the owner of Chick-fil-A is closed on Sunday and that's wonderful. But man, there's so much MSG in that Chick-fil-A. Uh, it's no wonder you crave it all of the time. Now, this is a toxic grocery warning. It says 75% of fresh non-organic produce grown in the USA is found to contain toxic pesticide residue. It's probably not a big surprise for most of you here, but again, getting out there and understanding that the food that you eat matters and the residue on it it does have a negative impact on various metabolic functions of your cells due to increased toxicity or direct damage due to the you know impact of these things that uh, diminish, for instance, the presence of your minerals in your body, creating deficiencies. I mean, these are things that I guess you, you could, well, I know I could teach a fourth grader to get it, but wow, we're still struggling with this concept of the need to eat cleaner foods. Well, you know, Robert, you, you remember an apple a day keeps the doctor away when we were growing up, right? Mm -hmm. And even into the maybe 80, 90s, maybe I remember hearing that. But we don't hear that anymore, right? Because that shows you that food can actually have an epigenetic effect. In other words, a, uh, it can affect the expression of your DNA and keep you healthy. So that's that's a message that the pharmaceutical industry and the big food doesn't don't want you to know. Well, big actually. Healthy food would want you to know that big food doesn't yeah. because they don't produce healthy food. Right. But pharma doesn't want you to know that food can have an effect that's positive on our health. They want you to think that you're you're sick because you're somehow deficient of some drug that they can produce. So, right. again, that just came to mind. You're like, yeah, 
I don't remember hearing an apple a day keeps the doctor waiting in a long time now. Well, they, yeah, anything that would promote the idea that food is medicine, again, is probably going to have the FDA or FTC coming down on you for that. Uh, in this article, they re, remind us about the dirty dozen. And I think there have been some changes in the dirty dozen. That is the food that is most contaminated. Uh, so you definitely want to go organic on those. And then the food that tends to be cleaner that you might have, you know, uh, some leeway there. Uh, of course, strawberries are still number one on the list of, of the no-nos. If you want to go uh, eat strawberries, please make them organic or grow them yourself. Spinach, kale, collard, mustard greens, peaches, pears, nectarines, apples, again on the list, grapes, bell and hot peppers, uh, cherries, blueberries, and green beans. Blueberries, which are a superfood, yet if they're not grown organically, they have a lot of residue on them that makes or combats the goodness in a blueberry. Yeah, again, it's, it's important to be aware of these. Um, if you can't, if you don't have access to organic, you know, you can soak them in apple cider vinegar. There, there are lots of people have different ways to, to remove yeah. some of the pesticides. So that's still better than going out and eating schmeat, okay, <laughs> and in and, and the fast food. But um, yeah, there are ways to get it off. But of course, organic is ideally the way that you, you want to buy these. Uh, unless you're close to a, a Whole Foods or Whole Paycheck, or some yeah. of the grocery stores now have a pretty good organic section, you probably won't have access to organic all of these. So it's important to be aware yeah. of ways that you can get rid of some of the pesticides. And looking forward to the farmer's markets reopening in spring in many areas. So you get to know your local farmers and how they're growing it. Some of them are not certified organic, but are cleaner than organic. That's the thing. Sometimes they don't want to uh, pay for the federal stamp of approval, yet you learn their practices are as clean or better. So I'm not saying it has to be certified always if you know your farmer or better yet become your farmer. On the Clean 15, these are the less pesticided type things. If you if you can't afford or some reason can't get the organics, uh, it includes avocados, uh, sweet corn, believe it or not. That's interesting. Pineapples. Uh, onions, papaya, sweet peas, although a lot of papaya and, and of course, uh, uh, corn is um, uh, genetically modified. Uh, sweet peas, asparagus, honeydew melons, kiwi, cabbage, mushrooms, mangoes, sweet potatoes, watermelon, and what I've been growing organically, carrots. So very cool list there in that article. All right. Uh, TMB, if you don't mind, uh, you can indulge me. I, I was I teased about uh, a stuffy-nosed bunnies, I think I did. Uh, a friend of mine, Mark, who's a big fan of the show and been supporting us for many years, uh, he always starts his thing, dude, what's up, my healing partner? Uh, and he's talking about being really happy now. He says uh, he's been giving his rabbits uh, uh, high PPMs of chlorine dioxide, and he would wipe out sickness in them. But he said there's been a lot of sneezing and white discharge that wouldn't go away. A lot of sinus stuff. And he theorized maybe there's glyphosate exposure, any number of things that, you know, don't, well, I don't know what these bunnies are doing. Uh, so I said, hey, you know, look at uh, some remedies, some homeopathic remedies that can address it since nothing else is, is targeting it. And I mentioned uh, Sticta pulmonaria, which is a great uh, sinus congestion type remedy. And he looked into it. He tried it. He says, I, I started with that one and it's been five days and we haven't heard hardly any sneezing from the first day they started this stick to homeopathic remedy. And of course the bunnies knew what, what he was being, what they were being given. So it's purely placebo. placebo. Yeah, exactly. The bunnies knew they knew it's just placebo. Uh, so anyway, it's exciting. Now he wants to add uh, the homeopathic remedy to the water uh, that he feeds his animals. And I'll, I'll get back to him and tell him, yes, you can do that as well. I've had many people do that for their horses, their cows, uh, you know, and their little little cats and dogs as well. So wonderful a success story with a homeopathic remedy for stuffy bunnies. Well, what's the remedy again? 
Sticta, S-T-I-C-T-A, Sticta pulmonaria. Um, there are three of the most classic that I call them uh, homeopathic remedies for sinus issues. And number one has always been the uh, uh, red onion, which is known as Allium sepa. But many people don't get success with Allium sepa like they did in the past. And I think that's because of a lot of chronic issues that are different than at the time of early Hahnemann. And it's not that the remedy is bad. It's just that there is a different manifestation that looks similar. So Cali bichromicum is another one, K-A-L-I. Uh, and the second word is B-I for short, Cali bi or Cali B. And those are wonderful sinus remedies. And in this case, he succeeded with Sticta for his bunnies. So uh, that's great news. Yeah. And, the, you know, the homeopathics with animals, we've we've seen it work on our animals in the past, um, mm -hmm. specifically with our cat named Miracle. Remember that yes. story from way back when we lived in Texas back in 2013? Uh, wow. Ten years ago now. But wow. yeah, our, our cat Miracle in 2013 got attacked by the next door neighbor's dog and was just about dead, literally, with internal injuries and was just laying there bleeding. And and um, Charlene called RSB and he's like, give him Arnica Montana. So we stuffed a bunch of Arnica Montana in that cat and it's still alive today. It was just nagging me earlier today trying to get some more food out of me. So it's 10 years later. It's OK. Yeah. The injury trauma remedy of, of all trauma remedies, Arnica. And yeah, there are other things that you can do. But in this case, that trauma was met with a, an appropriate remedy and a miracle, as we say, happened. But a miracle is paying attention to the natural, uh, you know, order of the universe and what God provided. These remedies that are not toxic, that can't kill. And of course, the irony there is that those that don't like or believe in homeopathy in any way, shape, or form say it's not real because it can't kill you. I love that as a litmus. If your if your medicine is only real, if it can kill you, you can have that medicine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, actually, uh, miracle knew that we were giving him homeopathic, so it was a placebo effect with a cat. What it right. was. Exactly. That's how it goes. It's all placebo. Everything's a placebo. Super Don, right? Everything's a placebo, including your talented skills at producing this show and many others. It's just the Super Don placebo effect. They aren't really good shows. It's just people believe it because it's Super Don. Okay. Sure. It's only a flesh wound. It's all, hey, by the way, Super D, did you do a, a production on, on Shemaine Nugent's latest show? She was doing some kind of big thing the other day. Ted yeah, it actually turned it turned out really well. Um, they did. It was the first time I'd ever heard of something. You ever heard of of, of uh, uh, staking, like virtual staking? There's like these. It, it's it's. I've never heard of it before. Virtual they have staking. like these tent stakes. They're like plastic tent right. stakes and written on the tent stakes are like biblical verses and stuff. And they will go mm -hmm. like somewhere and they'll like put them in the ground, like all around, like, you know, the, you know, place like, you know, where they're trying to have like, you know, an effect, uh, a positive effect or a change of heart or something like that. Okay. And so they were no. talking about doing like the staking of like the courthouse where Trump is like the, the grand jury is doing the thing there to try and like, you know, to change the outcome or something. But anyway, we had, uh, um, we had Ben graham on he's like the grandson pastor of ben graham yeah he's, yeah he's here in nashville yeah and pastor weston something and uh, anyway it, it turned out really well it turned out really good very cool yeah pastor ben graham yeah. actually he he was one of the speakers at our october 2020 nashville freedom rally that we had where they were going to shut us down and arrest us and everything remember that mm. right before the election so right. Pastor Graham spoke at that conference. 
or it, it, it wasn't a conference. It was a, it was an outdoor gathering, but he spoke Dude. there. Pretty cool. Yeah. Well, look, there, there's a lot of things that need to correct. I mean, you, you think about all that happened around January 6th. We've talked with Jonathan Emort about all the things that we could find regarding all the things that Pelosi set up to make sure that that would happen so that they could do other things like prevent certain things from happening on in, at the congressional level. Um, you know, it's one of those classic cases, never let a crisis go to waste. And if you can manufacture it even better. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Was that for, for me or D? <laughs> I just waited for who was paying. Was that for me or Super D? Yeah. You make me laugh sometimes, Robert. You'll have you'll have a guest on and you'll be like, da 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 And it's like, what do I do? Was that a what question? Was that a, I don't know. I'm, I'm at a loss here. Those deer in the headlight moments, uh, <laughs> you're not supposed to let quiet time happen, but sometimes a pregnant <clears throat> pause can be okay. Maybe it's humor. Maybe it's awkward. I don't know, but I'm willing to make a fool of myself just to get my point across. <laughs> Robert, don't, don't feel bad. I mean, every time you go on the air, you look like a fool. So not exactly. Uh, I'm used wow. To it. Ow, ow, Ty. Ow. So uh, uh, real quick, an update on uh, Bryce and his pitching exploits. Is he still 3-0? Has he gone 4-0 yet? How's it going? Yeah, no, um, he's still 3-0. Pitched a good game this last weekend, but left the game the way that baseball, ru- baseball rules are written. If you leave the game when it's a tie, you're not yeah. eligible as to be the winning pitcher. So win. he pitched into the eighth. He left the game, and it was 3-3. Three to three. Cut him ended up okay. winning in the ninth, but he was not the pitcher of record, so he got no decision. Yeah. But he pitched a good game. Nice. Just impressed. So impressed with that young man, what he's doing. As well as I said, your daughter, Brianna, uh, she's just rocking it out in Nashville. I mean, she is so dedicated to learning the guitar. I see her just jamming out, doing solos now. I'm like, I can't wait to see her. I'm hoping that when we're in Nashville toward the end of April, that she might be playing somewhere where we could go out and see her. I'll find out what her schedule is and let you know. She's she's flying out tomorrow to go to D.C. I can't, not going to mention the name on the air, but good friend of okay. our daughter's getting married and she's going out to yeah. the the dc wedding tomorrow so she'll have fun in in, in uh, the district of criminals this weekend yeah well congratulations and mazel tov of course i i know who you're talking about but we'll announce the new pedals perhaps after that happens that's big news as well uh so let's see what else is going on in the news and or our show notes super don or any announcements we haven't made yet uh, Why don't we talk about que- Quest for the Cures? Uh, um, oh, yeah, that's big news. Coming back out, a re-release. Yeah, we're, we are re-releasing Quest for the Cures final chapter, which is basically the culmination of all of our cancer travels over about an eight-year period, seven-year period, which included the Quest for the Cures, Quest Continues, Eastern Medicine, and also the you know a global quest. And it's the best of the best is in the final chapter. So we're, uh, we're, we released this initially in 2021. We're going to release it again next week. So if you haven't already signed up to watch it, you need to, need to sign up. This is the most informative um, cancer docuseries that's out there, period. There's, there's nothing that's even close. So you really need to, need to watch this, especially in light of the fact that we're seeing a lot of these aggressive cancers, very fast-growing cancers since this COVID vaccine came out last year. And uh, this is even more important now than, than most people realize, because I, I believe, even though we are seeing lots of people die suddenly, that the majority of the deaths from the, the COVID clot shot is not going to be people dying suddenly, but people dying from autoimmune disease and cancer over the next several years, because the, the mRNA shots are destroying their immune system. So 
this is really important docuseries. You need to watch it, need to educate yourself with, uh, with the facts about cancer. And this will, this will do it. Um, and it's very well produced, lots of great footage from all over the world. And I think 150 plus doctors, scientists, and researchers were interviewed for this. So it's, there's nothing that's anywhere close to this from a cancer perspective. So you gotta, you gotta watch it. I'm looking in the show notes today, Super Don. Do we have a, a banner link? I know you sent out an email blast on it, I believe. I think it's at the bottom of the page. Yeah, and RSB's in it multiple times. Yeah, I'm gonna. You don't get enough of you me. Won't, don't don't hold that against us. You know, watch it anyway. Right. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I don't. Have you gotten to see the uh, documentary we did, uh, Utah Safe and Effective? I think I sent you the link, but um, that's another profound in, uh, documentary to help. Uh, hopefully soften the hearts of those who have been hardened about the, the vaccine and the injury, the real people that suffer, but also tying in the, the various conflicts of interest that led to, to it. So maybe we can stop it from happening again. Yeah, I watched some of it, but I didn't, didn't see the whole thing, but looks like it's very well produced. The, the, only, yeah. the only thing is you were in it so much. Again, again, <laughs> this is just, I mean, they got, it was like, they, we tried everybody and you were the only one available. That's what it happened. And I'm like, okay, okay, I'll do that's it. Why, that's so, why for our next docuseries that's coming out in G- July about for the remedies, um, I'm mm-hmm. pushing you back then from this. It was going to be this weekend, but push you back yeah. because you're kind of like my go-to guy in the clutch. Whenever I need something discussed, you can do it. And I won't know until another few weeks what I need discussed. Right. I know. And I love doing that. I love tying these things together, making sense of them and, and making connections where a lot of times it's hard. It's like, well, what, how, I don't understand. How does this connect? What does it leap to and all of that? And, you know, you are having to encompass so much information that's presented on these various topics. That is a, a challenge. You know, it hurts my head when I know you're doing editing on all this stuff. I'm like, I don't even know how you're functional during the day as you're up all night doing this. Well, you know, the thing that I try to do in producing these docuseries is it takes me a while. It take, It's a lot of work um, as opposed to several of the docuseries that you see out there is basically just about two or three interviews stacked up back to back. And then they call that an episode. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's really, a, that's, it's hard to educate somebody because they're not really edited or cut in a way that's educational. It's just, yeah. there's all this data and there's all this vast array of topics that these people are talking about. It really doesn't make sense. And so what I try to do is spend the time up front to make it make sense and tell a story from A to Z through the docuseries so that you're watching it and you're captivated and you want to pay attention. And there's several things that you have to do if somebody's going to learn something. There's different ways to teach. And I try to hit all of those different ways to make to pound something into your head so that you understand it and remember it. So that's why a lot of effort goes up front to these docuseries because we're really trying to educate and teach and not just throw something together so we can get it out there quick. Right. Exactly. Uh, I like that. You know, you're building on all that you've done over the years to, you know, it's not, you never stay still and say we, we did it. It's over. There's nothing more to learn. There's always so much more. And for me doing the show as often as I do, I learn things every day, which is exciting to me. And, you know, one of the things, uh, and you know, my mom, she's been amazing uh, over the years, being able to stay young, even in her elder years. And, uh, you know, you meet people along the way at these various events. And I met this guy, Babri, who uh, emigrated from Georgia under the Soviet Union, not Georgia that I grew up, uh, and then came to Israel and then came to America and brought this super antioxidant, this folium PX. And this is what got mom dancing again on January 1st of this year after she hadn't been in, a, in about two or three years. And on her birthday, she was dancing again to a Gene Kelly. Was it a Fred Astaire? 
movie or whatever that was in 1934 the year of her birth so a shout out to babry and his folium px check out foliumpx.com if it can help my mom dance again at 89 what might it do for you what's in that and also, what's what's in folium px yeah you you will you will like some of these ingredients the extract of pine bark uh, uh shakimic acid shakimic acid on spike proteins yep, yep. yep. and and it, it's so tested it's like you know when i call it a chernobyl level antioxidant i'm not kidding if you're exposed to radiation, this is the kind of thing that can save save you, in my humble opinion, based on what the science validates it as well. So we're seeing it work in cancer and everything. It makes all the sense, and you would know why. But again, shout out to uh, my friend Babri for supporting us. And really, I want to help him get that out to those in need. And um, man, as much as I know a lot of things to do, there's always something else that might be even more powerful for you to get you back where you need to go. And uh, also, uh, by the way, the other night I tried the um, the revised, what we call um, the, the, well, they took out the erythritol from the, uh, cardio miracle, even though it was very minimal in the, in it, but they had been working on that for six months. So now it's organic stevia and monk fruit and no Good. erythritol. And it's awesome. Okay. It's great. I'm like, I like it even better. And I don't mind the one that they've had, but some people are hypersensitive and it's, it's a good thing. It's a good switch. So if you guys have been waiting because of that, they now are shipping everything with no erythritol and it just has the monk fruit and stevia organic is in it as well. And it's lovely. It's lovely. I like I like the taste of the the cardio miracle too. I look forward to it. It's kind of like my my healthy tang in the morning. Yes, yes. Well, it is my you know my pre workout routine is to drink that, go into the gym and and slay it right. Yep. Uh, and and last week I tied Kiki for the challenge of the week, and I, I was a big challenge because some of these ladies are unbelievable at the gym. For me to keep keep up with them sometimes that's a challenge, but I did it. So job, uh, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm loving that. Although I'm still. I still have a pea head relative to uh, Ty's bicep, <laughs> but I'm okay with that. Okay, you're all right with that. Now you're uh, you're doing well, staying physically fit. You're probably in the best shape you've been in since I've known you, right? In ten years, I think so. Yeah, it's gotten better. I mean, resting heart rate around fifty, sometimes forty nine. Uh, it's pretty good, uh, I think. And uh, blood pressure is like ridiculously low, but not low, so I can't get up. But I mean, low by standards at any age, pretty much. I don't remember what it was. I have to go back and look at it, but I never really took it. And when I did, I was like, oh, that's pretty good. But, uh, you know, eating right, using your body as it's designed to be used, pushing it, it's an important part of staying young. Absolutely. Even if I got some gray hair. Gray hair, you know, Unless there's I nothing wrong with gray hair, man. Nothing wrong. You know, I was looking at, at uh, I don't know, it was pictures from maybe a decade ago. I saw a couple of pictures of me, you know, like, yeah, RSP's hair was a lot darker then, so... Yeah, but yep. it's gradual, so you don't really notice it unless you see from before. Right. The lot, the, the, the 10 years ago pictures right. when we were hanging out yeah. on stage. It was like, yeah, I, think oh, I, was I was telling you about that on uh, one of the kids at church saw a video, the video that I shot with Carol all about 10 years ago, mm -hmm. the sea cucumber on Fox News. I and mean, he was yeah. like, You were a lot younger then. I'm like, Yeah, a like, decade, but you don't really notice it because it's just gradual. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but thanks a lot, buddy. Right. When they yeah, say that. Exactly. As well. You're not coming over for dinner now. Yeah. Or what, the thing that would get me is like, you know, that people would see pictures of when I used to be in college and stuff and competitive bodybuilder. And, and even though I was working out, not to that level, they say, what, did you quit working out? I'm like, no, I work out every day. I just don't look like that anymore. <laughs> Again, you think, uh, think before you speak, uh, especially. Well, thankfully, you're not as hypersensitive as some in that regard, and you take it all in good You know, I, I've learned to, but back after I first quit competing and then got out of that, you know, where I was in the gym four hours a day, the first couple mm -hmm. years were the hardest. 
course, I was still in my late 20s. So you still like you want to still look like you did when you're competing. And so I'd see friends and they say, hey, dude, would you give up on the gym or something? I'm like, no, man, I just quit using steroids, you know, and I've lost a lot of muscle. But no, I'm still working out. I just yeah. don't look like I used to. But that was the hardest times. Not now, because I'm yeah. 55 and I'm an old guy and people are like, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't matter. But when you're in your yeah. late 20s, you're like, no, man, I'm still in the gym. I just lost my muscle because I'm not using steroids. I'm trying to go natural. Won't you please support me? Yeah, picked the wrong day to stop snorting steroids. Exactly. Uh, actually, the right day. Hey, some upcoming events I want to shout out again to uh, Jonathan E. Mord, my good buddy, our good buddy, and and Ty, you've met him as well. He's a crew patriot, constitutional attorney who's beaten the FDA back a world record eight times and realized it's not enough. He's going for the United States Senate in Virginia, and we support him. Ron Paul has endorsed him officially, even before the primary. Barry Goldwater Jr. as well, and um, he's a man of great integrity. Those of you who've been following this show know that. He's been on our show for years now, 10 years now, every week pretty much. We've got the Lynchburg, Virginia rally to save America on, uh, let's see, it'll be, what's the date on that? It's the coming Wednesday, I think, a week from today. It looks like, yeah, Wednesday, March 29th at the Aviary at Miller Park starting at 6 o'clock. I'll be the MC for that event. And then the next day, we travel from... Uh, Lynchburg to Richmond, basically. Richmond, Virginia, Rally to Save America is Thursday the 30th, and that will be uh, Central Virginia. The location is the, uh, let's see, the Atlas 42, whatever that is. And uh, I'll be there with Jonathan and a whole bunch of others. We'll have uh, uh, patriotic music and singing. It's going to be an amazing thing. And then we wrap it up on the 31st of March uh, with the at the Oak Barn at Loyalty, basically Leesburg, Virginia, a rally to save America. If you know anybody in Virginia or are willing to get close to where we're going to be, I, I've just invited last hour uh, Joel Salatin from Polyface Farms. He's going to see if he can make it as well, which will be great. And right after that, we head to where? Well, uh, Clearwater, Florida for the Mind, Body, Soul Restoration. Thanks to our friends at Nutritional Frontiers. Uh, March 31st, April 1st and 2nd, uh, Judy Mikovits will be celebrating her birthday as will Joe Messino. And uh, we'll have a great time at the beach there. And then a little bit later in April, the 21st and 22nd is the Be Healthy Utah event. I'll be speaking there, broadcasting from there, a lot of our friends and making a lot of new friends at an event like that. So if you want to come out and ski, the skiing is going to be awesome probably through May. There's so much snow in the mountains of Utah. You want an excuse, come on out and go to the Be Healthy Utah event. Uh, then I'm back in Nashville uh, with, uh, see, Dr. David Brownstein. I haven't seen him in years, going to be there. Uh, Dr. Witcher, who's an integrative physician, also at that event, Functional Medicine Summit and Expo. And I, again, I hope that when I'm there, Ty, we get to go see Brianna. If she's playing anywhere in Nashville, I want to go out and see her. Uh, that's like a bucket list now to see these kids grow up and do <laughs> the things that make their heart happy. So that's going to be awesome. Uh, we also have uh, just got word advanced medicine is going to happen in St. Louis Memorial Day weekend. Uh, so I'll get you more details on that. Then we have the Goody Farms Homestead. Uh, RSB Family Union, July 14th, 15th, and 16th. And if it, if it goes well, Brian Festa invited me up to, uh, what's that event that Brian's doing, Super Don? If you if you can remember it from yesterday, there's so many events dancing through my head. It's in, and I, I could probably go see our buddy in Idaho and Boise, uh, Doc Newsom, because I think it's going to be, I've never been to Boise. I haven't seen Doc in a long time. That would be fun. But there's a, a patriotic freedom event uh, in Super Don, you can figure this out for me. I can't find it. National, what is this national conference? We the Patriots USA. That's it. Brian Festa was on talking about that. And he's invited me up for that. And again, if it's an excuse to get up there and I get to see Doc Newsom, that'll be totally awesome. It's at the Boise Center, June 2nd and June 3rd, a Friday and a Saturday. 
So I'm going to try and make that uh, an addition. And then we're going to be Las Vegas bound later in the year in September 14th through 17th. Uh, and that's the Las Vegas Biomed Expo. I'll be speaking there. I'll be moderating some panels as well. And um, Ty Bollinger doesn't have time to go to any of these events. He's just too darn busy working on the next docu-series. And, I, and I'm okay with that other than I just miss seeing him more frequently, than, well, less frequently than I used to. Hopefully we'll see you end of April, man. Oh, look at this. Leslie says Ben Tapper is joining us for the family union as well in July in Southwest Missouri. That's cool. Wow. So good people coming together. So all of these things in my mind are reunions. Anytime we can get together and celebrate that we're alive and on this planet at the same time, for me, that's great joy. Yeah, I was, uh, that was one of those, uh, okay, I think I want to talk here. Super <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you're getting, you're getting good We've at done this. this long enough. I kind of know where those, those moments arise, but yeah. When you stay quiet, it's on purpose. It's always, it's always good to, good to be on here. This is another one of those uh, reunions we have uh, once, once a week, every few weeks. Yes. I love that. The way I don't even know a name for that bi-weekly, tri-weekly. What is it? What do we call Whenever it? Whenever weekly, right? Whenever weekly. Yes. It's awesome. And I got, I got a message from your wife. She said she might've been dealing with a spider bite. Then she had some of the remedies, and I told her, of course, Ledum, L-E-D-U-M, is the key remedy for any spider bites. And you know, in Tennessee, in the springtime, spiders will come out. So you definitely want to have some homeopathic Ledum at the ready, in addition, of course, to the silver and other things that we can do. Yeah, you know, whenever, if, if, if there's ever a, a grocery robbery and they only take the homeopathics, you know that they know what they're doing. <laughs> is that right? Is that, is that a thing? Has that been in the news lately? No, I'm just thinking of like at Whole Foods. Like if you go to Whole yeah. Foods, they have this whole section on homeopathic. So, you know, if, you, if somebody ever burglarizes the homeopathy section, they, at least they're an educated burglar. They're going for the value. Yeah, I'm gonna be the first, am I going to be the first suspect, though? They'll go right straight nervous. to Robert in Utah. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for a break. Oh, my gosh, have we gone over? We've gone super long, TMB. I've, I've lost t- track of time. That's, yeah, it's one before the hour, yeah. You did this. All right, but TMB, I'm going to do a bonus round. You can join or, or leave it, whatever you want to do, but just tell them what they need to know before we got to go. Always remember the power heal is yours. Do you ever just, you know, hang out with good friends and you have, there is no clock <clears throat> at all anywhere in the planet or the universe. Oh, yeah. That was like what happened there. Time I looked at the when I saw you say break and I'm like, whoa, we are way over time. I was just, just chum, chumming around, palling around, having a good time. And I love that. And when we get together, those reunions are like that, you know, other than having to appear on stage to give a talk at a certain time or uh, otherwise it would just be just timeless. You know, it's a wonderful thing when, when you lose track of time like that, yeah, it's easy, easy yeah. to do. And I don't think I was drooling at all. when that happened. <laughs> I didn't notice anything. No. Well, that's good. You guys made fun of me enough. Could have been. Yeah. Today went by fast. Dude, Joel Salatin, what a great reunion with Joel. Yeah. It's been years, but he's such a great guy. And uh, as well, uh, TMB being on board, we had a, what a fun day today. I hope you all enjoyed it. Actually, yesterday was amazing. Gosh darn it. We've, these shows have been, I don't claim any ownership over it. It's all Super Don. Yeah, I know. It's not. <clears throat> Super Don Placebo. Effect. It's not. <laughs> the, uh, the guy behind the microphone is, uh, is key. The main well, guy, in front of the it, main so guy. I'm in front of the microphone, so I don't know who's behind it. So uh, uh, it's in front of you. Control. That makes you behind it. Oh. oh, okay. All right, it's all perspective then. All right, how's it going in the chat room, y'all? Uh, Lori made my workday go by faster while listening to the how? 
to the how. To the how. how? Yeah, she missed how? she missed the S is there. That, is that cultural appropriation? She missed the S, the show. She's culturally appropriating Native Americans. How? Oh, I see. All right. So, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of not PC. <laughs> how? Lori, we love you too. Uh, Where did that even see, come else? from? Is that like a real thing? Is that like a real Indian word? How? How? I think so. Any, any I just grew up with that. That was something they did in the in the in the black and white movies, the the cowboy and Indian movies, right? Yeah, yeah. Which they don't. I guess you can't make those anymore either. I guess. So Lori says she's going to try to make it to Nashville next month and the St. Louis uh, Advanced Medicine seminar with uh, Ty. Well, I don't think Ty will be there because he's just too busy. But um, Doctor Batar, we got to get him on. This is good. I, I was wondering. I hadn't heard anything about it. I heard he said to me that he was going to do it, but then again, you don't hear. You wonder, and it looks like it's happening. So uh, Memorial Day weekend, St. Louis. Uh, did you add that to the upcoming events list already? What is it? I don't think. Which one? The uh, Advanced Medicine Conference. Yeah, yeah, I showed it on the screen. You didn't see that? I must not you have had it refreshed. I think I didn't refresh it. That's yeah, why. I, oh yeah, there it is. Right. I added it this there. morning when you asked me to. Okay, cool. I actually did something on time, and you didn't. Well, you didn't yeah, even notice. You had the Riley party <laughs> last night until all hours of the night. I. It was a late. Yeah, hours. it was a late night. I got about four hours of sleep last night, so I'm. I'm going to be doing a nap this afternoon, most likely, or maybe not. Who knows? I don't know. Well, see, because you said before the show, you're definitely taking a nap. I, I want to. I don't know if I'll be able to because I still got the wreckage from everybody being here last night that I got to go take care of. But uh, we had a good time. You know, we mm-hmm. uh, we did a, a belated um, St. Patrick's Day and Riley's birthday last gotcha. night. Gotcha. So, so had what all was the it family and over and stuff. The, what was the the theme that you did that made it still a St. Patrick's Day thing? Was the cake green? What did what, what uh, No, it was the the traditional corned beef and cabbage that uh, my wife makes for St. Patrick's Day. Okay, um, but it, it was just you know we we did the trip over the weekend and we still were just like burnt from 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 the travel and from yeah. everything, and so we didn't even do decorations. I, I did play. I did play some uh, some Irish music though, on the TV, yeah. which is the thing I do. I, I turn Pandora on, and you know, there's like a playlist for for uh, St. Patrick's Day. So had that going in the background, but it was fun. You know, kids are growing up fast. It's just oh, it's insane. Uh, but it's really it's really cool. I'm lucky. I'm very spoiled yeah. that I've got all of my kids here. They've all moved here. You know, they, they weren't here right. before. They they were in Arizona mm-hmm. and stuff. And and how did you orchestrate that, by the way? It just happened. Yeah. I mean, you didn't plan it. It wasn't a plan. It just it mm-hmm. just happened. And and so I've got the kids and the grandkids and and all that. And Jenny's uh now, Jenny, my, my wife's mom lives here. And so, you know, mm-hmm. we, we get to do these things. We talk a lot about now grid down scenarios, economic collapse, money, ter- you know, all that stuff. I think overall you're in a better area than a lot of people. Certainly when you think of Oregon, you are definitely not in the woke Oregon. Area. Yeah, no, we're, we're in uh yeah, no, I hate it when people say, yeah, no. And then I do it. Yeah. Yeah. No. I've done well, which one is it? Is it? Yeah. Or is it? No. So confused. Um, yes. Southern Oregon is uh, kind of a conservative stronghold in the mm-hmm. state and in fact we are in the area that is uh wanting to or at least entertaining the idea some people are 
of yeah. moving the border of Idaho to include right. a large section of Southern Oregon and calling it greater Idaho. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, the, the feel that Northern Oregon up in the Portland area yeah. does not represent the, the values and the opinions of the people in this part of the state. Right. Now, I think yeah. it's kind of it's almost kind of crazy the idea of stretching Idaho all the way to the the uh, the western uh you know why not the basically the coast of Oregon. Yeah. Um I I don't know. I don't know if that even makes sense or it's even possible, but people are talking about yeah. doing that. We were talking about birthdays little Riley. Well, turns out Leslie's eldest daughter, Anna, is 17. Happy birthday, Anna. That's a, yeah, that's a fun age. 17, almost Organic. 18, almost in the, and, and quote adult. Yeah. Um, Organic gluten-free strawberry cream cupcakes. Yeah. Oh, pick, hey, hello, over here. Yes. Roll one my way. Although my wife made organic banana, uh, no, I don't know if there are nuts in it or not this time, but chocolate chip uh, um, muffins right before showtime. I don't think they were gluten-free though, but I'll, I'll eat them either way. And uh, then take my NRDMG, uh, the dimethylglycine, just in case. So Leslie says March is a good month, good for, birthdays. month for birthdays. We have we have several uh, in March too in our family. In your family, yeah. yeah. Indeed. What was I going to say? I was going to say something. Mm -hmm. Oh, speaking of Leslie, uh, new episode, yeah. Stay at Home Mom, just published uh, oh. about a half an hour ago. Do we have a headline for it? A, a topic? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, let's see, what is it? It is organizing chaos. Organizing, organizing chaos, chaos is the title. Sounds just like what a mom has to do every day. Yeah. Let me see here. There was a title. There was a, um, too many things going on here. Where is it? Where is it? I know it's here. Here we go. So here's the, uh, here's the, the, the description. Motherhood often feels like herding cats a lot of the time, which can be cute and extremely overwhelming all in the same breath. Today, I'd like to share some of the things we do to attempt to organize the chaos that comes with raising six daughters, living in an RV, homeschooling, homesteading, and living a life of faith. So that is, that is what that episode is about, and it is live and available uh, on our podcast, which if you want to give that a listen... You just go over to the page, uh, watch, listen page on the website, scroll down, and it's on numerous podcasting uh, websites. Cool. Including the big ones, except for Spotify. Yeah. Spotify Not doesn't Spotify. like us, so. But you can catch it on okay. iTunes and Amazon and SoundCloud and TuneIn and a bunch of others. So go check it out. I got a new version of the uh, American Health Freedom Summit Expo I want to show you. Well, let's see if I can get this saved. And it's downloads, yes. Stand by. Sorry about this, y'all. One moment. What are you That's doing? not it. Where did it go? I'm trying to get, um, I just got from something from the Warners, and oh. uh, it's an updated uh, beautiful poster of all the, things that are happening in Nashville at the end of the month in April. And I wanted to have that put in, but I just want to show everybody since I just got it. So let me see if I can uh, 
get it to you. It's in downloads, I believe. There it is. All right. See if you can get that and show that on the screen before we wrap up here. And then let me check in anything else in the chat room. What are y'all doing? Any questions, comments? Did I miss anything? Let's see here. By the way, have you guys been sharing the uh, Utah Safe and Effective documentary? Everybody's seen it by now? It's, uh, it's been really well received. I'm very pleased with uh, how it's coming across for people. So thank so there you, you go. for everything doing that. <clears throat> yeah, there it is. American Health and Freedom yeah. Summit and Expo. Expo? Expo. Expo. <laughs> My lips aren't working. A April 28th to 30th in Nashville, Tennessee. So this is running at the same time. Oh, or is this just a different, a new flyer? Oh, dude, it's really cool, actually. Yeah, I like it. Am I, I'm not on, yeah, I am on, no, I'm not. Full screen. Am I? Yeah, it's full screen. Yeah. So let me. So yeah, put that into the upcoming events. Let me zoom in here so we can really see it here. So. Lots of stuff going on. Yeah. There's got Dr. Terry and Stu Warner. We got, looks like Brian Hooker and Neil Miller are back together again. Dr. James Neuschwander. Dr. Dave Brownstein, I haven't seen him in years. That'll be a fun reunion as well. And then Judy Mikovits. So very cool. There's more people on this list than there was on the other uh, the other one. Casey Krejci. Ah, awesome. Ahmed group. Tracy Slepsevic. We've had her on. Mm -hmm. um, Tracy's cool. Then there's Kimberly Overton. Yeah. Lee, Lee Allen Baker. Oh, Lee Allen's going to be John oh, great. Hewitt. Oh. Dude, great reunion, man. We're going to have a great time there. Cool. All right. Awesome. Well, there you go. I'm getting more. So, yeah, we are pumping it up. All right. Got to get them on soon. Uh, the, the Warners to talk get about the Warners this. I back get on. Yeah. All right. yeah, yeah. So let's put, put, that, put that out there. Get the Warners back on here and talk about that event. So, Jim, we love you and appreciate you here. Again, I'm looking at you in the chat room and – uh, I, I'm sensitive guy. I don't like it when people take offense and I'm not saying that you did, but again, I know you feel strongly about a lot of things as do I, as do we all here. And that's why we're here. Uh, but in freedom, again, we could find that we have more in common that we have, than we have, uh, that divides us. And, uh, hopefully that, that draws us together rather than finding the things Well, who's the surfer guy, the old surfer guy from Hawaii that would show up from time to time. Show up where? Uh, on on the chat room and and he would get after us on socialism right because we oh, were not big um oh man i can't remember his name. that's not jim I, I can't remember his name yeah yeah i haven't seen him in a while yeah but again i think that health and, and freedom would bring us all together even if we have differences and that's okay i mean we're not all supposed to be the same and all alike but uh try to that's what i did i, I also related that last night again on that um um Oh, it was Thomas. Yes, Stephen. Thank you for reminding me. So that's <laughs> yes. yeah. she, he remembers everything. Yes. Uh, but I was on that uh, Freedom Lovers Canada group. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it was a good group on Zoom last night and uh, joined in and, you know, shared a lot about the things that, you know, we were doing, shared about the documentary. And, um, you know, what was interesting, I brought this up because one of the guys was very knowledgeable about the law, the charters of freedom or whatever they're called in Canada. And they're different. I mean, they're a charter of rights and freedoms. And, and as I pointed out, uh, based on what Jonathan Emord had said as well, that the main distinction uh, between the so-called rights that they call rights in Canada and that which we call rights in America 
is in our Declaration of Independence and Constitution honored that the rights pre-exist government, that they come from a creator, a God. And in um, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms in Canada, it doesn't doesn't acknowledge that, not a pre-existing thing. It's an act of parliament. So it doesn't go that far. So they can actually revoke them, which means that they're not right. Uh, as much as you might succeed in promoting the freedom to protest, but that's been a, a problem for Canadians ever since uh, Trudeau, you know, basically locked down the money. Well, of people you, you know, the, the protesting is, it, it's interesting to see how much protesting actually goes on in countries mm -hmm. other than here. Yeah. You know, I mean, really it's some countries it's, it's like, uh, uh, you know, every weekend, you know, it's like, well, what are you doing Saturday? Oh, I'm going to be out yeah. protesting. You know, it's like, it, it's very, now here, there are protests that go on, of course, but it's like the only ones mm -hmm. that we really ever hear about are the ones that get out of hand, you know, uh, and, and it's like, like, you know, a hundred people decided to, you know, burn some stuff and you mm -hmm. see it on TV and stuff like that. Um, yeah. so it's, it's very strange because in the other countries, it's like, it's almost like a, a recreational activity <laughs> and you have thousands and thousands of people that are walking through the street and banners and horns and megaphones and all that kind of stuff like that. Um, yeah. and here you get a protest and it's like a, you know, 300 people or something usually, you know, and it's like, it's not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. Um, and in Canada, you get you know, very similar thing, but it wasn't until, you had the freedom truckers thing and it was like suddenly you know protesting became something nazis do or something and yeah. they really clamped down i mean it was crazy to see what they were doing in canada how they were i mean trudeau you always kind of whenever you see trudeau he always had on like purple socks and he was talking very you know he had a very infeminate thing going on you know it's like oh, i'm death and trudeau and you know I love everybody. You know, it's like the niceness of yeah. Canadians. And then suddenly it was just like, we're going to throw them all in jail or we're going to, you know, drive them out of town and riots yeah. and riot no, police and not, stuff. They're not being polite. So we must, we must yeah, not put them his in true colors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. These tyranny uh, people, they really have oh, that wolf in sheep's clothing uh, outward facing. And you know, uh, the thing is, is in Canada, there are a lot of people that, really wish that they could be here and mm -hmm. there are people that have moved and there are people that are talking about trying especially the this the province that, that comes to mind is alberta right where they've got a, you know a lot of conservatives there and and the albertans are like listen we'll become the 51st state you know just yeah. let us in please mm -hmm. because there's a lot of freedom loving uh liberty oriented people there that are just like you know we we don't want to be here yeah Hey, shout out to our new friend, Chad Nedland, who we had on the other day. Yeah. I've been hearing a lot of people hearing that interview and they're like, oh my gosh, that so moved me. Nice. And even my buddy, Scott, who, who looked at it and he watched it, he says, I, I watched you, Robert, and you were just silent. I was like, yeah, just reverent listening to this extraordinary story that Chad shared about his life with his wife and, and his child whom he lost. And it was like a stunning uh, revelation you know on many levels that is very inspiring uh so chad shout out to you if you're still out there in the audience we love and appreciate you and, and glad to have you as part of the family and maybe you can make it to southwest missouri for the rsb family union which will be fun that's cool bed and tapper is going to be there now we got to get like a band like journey or somebody to show up <laughs> journey i don't know dude you know what i just i, I uh, 
I've, I've got a problem with um, Journey without Steve Perry. Steve no, I'm Perry. talking with Steve Perry. Only Steve Perry. Yeah, but that won't happen. So, I mean, that's okay. just, that's not, it'll never well, happen. Was, it wasn't realistic to begin with. Yeah. So like, Although Steve Perry, he is, he's, um, he's done some solo stuff recently, mm-hmm. but it's just really unfortunate because his voice is just not there anymore. No, that Voyage band, the cover band with the no, Steve Perry. Those guys like, are cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. Those guys yeah, are because cool. Steve Perry was the front man. It's hard to, you know, see. Yeah. They've the got way. Arnell Panetta now. And, and it's like, he, he, he does a decent impression of Steve Perry, but, who wants to go see, you know, it's yeah. 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 What is it? Now we sound like a couple old Jewish guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Oy>. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Here we are. This is where we are. Now Super Don really needs to take a nap. Maybe I do too. Well, God bless y'all. Thank you for, for joining us today. Thanks to Joel Salatin. Thanks for Ty Bollinger and everybody chiming in the chat room. And uh, we love that you're here. And feel free to disagree with anything I say or not Super Don. You have to agree with everything Super Don says, but by all means, it's okay. We don't mind dissension in the ranks as long as it's rooted in freedom and and respect for people's, uh, you know, decision-making capacities and abilities. But, you know, educate, inspire, uh, and uh, we're all in. So thank you. Hey, it's good to see you in the live chat room. Uh, When's the next uh, Preacher and the Polish Girl episode coming out? Yeah, send me something. All right, Ula. You're on on the clock. (laughs) Was it was it Ula that sent me the? Did you send me that thing on Chick Fil A or did I send it to you? I don't you even remember it at this me. point. Yeah, but I'm thinking I Ula. Did I get it from Ula? I think it? I saw it on Instagram, and it may have been Ula that did it. I don't know, or maybe I sent it to Ula just to annoy her. No, not to annoy her, but she knows this stuff. So, oh, tomorrow night is she says maybe another episode ish. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. yeah, you posted on your story, Ula. I think that's where I saw it. So it wasn't me that started the Chick Fil A, you know, disillusionment. Mm. You know, for those that get mad at me, don't be mad. That's what it is. I've never had Chick-fil-A. Dude, it, some people I just remember, go nuts about it. You know, it's just like, oh yeah. my, you know, line, lines, to, you know, around the building, you know, people trying to get in. Oh, so. yeah. when, when I see these, uh, you know, not every fast food restaurant has you, these long lines, including like the drive through lines that are ridiculous, like mm-hmm. doubled down and they're having to have traffic cops help you. What does it say? I'm thinking it's always been a thought like there's got to be something addicting. There's something more to this. And then come to find out. Yeah. MSG. That's a highly addicting, you know, uh, a excitotoxin and it's in and it's double. It's in there twice in the ingredient list. It makes sense now. Mm. So, uh, Vanny Hari, the food babe started that Chick-fil-A story. That's where it came from. Aren't we trying to get her on the show? Well, we've tried for years. I thought we've, we've covered her. We tried before that was before that was before, you know, the, uh, guest booker extraordinaire kevin uh, all right he's he makes miracles so he happen. may uh kevin speaking miracle, of man. that what do, just real quick before we go yeah let's just take a and lastly there are organic fast food places in various places around the country just not southwest missouri as we found out you know even going to branson was was difficult although we did find a nice little health food store with an organic smoothie bar there so tomorrow we've got dr james Chappelle mm-hmm. on in our one and then tomorrow night, we are going to be having, as far as I know, a Cardio Jonathan Miracle e. webinar. So do we have Jonathan E. Mord on in hour one, though? Yes. And E. Mord so. hour one, of course. Of course. Yeah. It's Thursday. But yeah. Cardio Miracle webinar tomorrow at what? Uh, 6 p.m. 6 Mountain Time. Mountain. 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. So I will send an email one way or another out uh, in the morning with that link yeah, for you guys. Gonna, we're going to 
do a little bit of a different angle on it, uh, and that we're going to relate it to PTSD. Mm-hmm. So those of you know people suffering in that way, what could we tell you oh, to benefit? Dude, we, do. you we have our AMA on Saturday, and our AMA is on Look Saturday. Good Lord. So you got time to become a patron supporter, and you can join us on Zoom live noon Eastern, nine a.m. Pacific on the twenty fifth of March, and then it gets very busy next week with the travel and everything. Kevin is the one that got Ben Tapper to join us in July. Nice. Got to see Kevin's booking people everywhere. He's awesome. He is associate the man. producer of the Robert Scott Bell Show. All right. All right, man. All right, woman. Have a, um, well, you know, these days you never know. Never know. Have a good uh, rest of the day. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We will be back tomorrow. And uh, until then. Yes, we'll see you at the AMA. I'll see you tomorrow. If you if you join us less than 22 hours from now. And uh, later, taters. 